What's up, guys? Welcome to a very unique situation here. Um, I'm calling this JK Overtime. I guess is, I'm calling it JK Overtime as well. Which is ironic because we're not being paid overtime to be here, but we are going over the usual amount of time that these episodes go, which is what a lot of people have been asking for for a very long time. They've been like, overtime these episodes even. are too short. So then we're like, why don't we get together on an off day and just go limitless and just... Talk about whatever you feel like. Especially because we're still in California compared to some people who left this business <laughs> and abandoned it a while ago. Yeah, and moved on to a better place. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they died. <laughs> Dude, this is this is it. This, we were just talking about this off camera. We were talking about the idea that uh, we can only sometimes go into a topic or go so deep based yeah. off of two things. One is time. At our longest episodes are like roughly like 20 minutes, our OTRs, right? Off the records for all the fans out there. But, you know, 20 minutes only goes so deep. But then the second thing is that this whole place is just kidding new. So the second you even get remotely deep into yeah. something, you're going to get dunked on. Right, yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to in a way. Which is funny because I remember that brings up this really odd thing. But a long time ago, we had done this episode that was about uh, why can't, Asian guys date white women or something. And the first time we did it, we were joking. And all the comments were like, why aren't you, why are you guys joking about that? <laughs> and people were like, I really wanted to know. Like, I wanted help with this problem, but you guys just fucked around. And then, um, and then we recently redid it. And then we were like, okay, let's do it again, like months later, but let's not joke and let's actually address the issue. And then people were like, oh, damn, like, this is what I wanted. Thank you so much. But then people who, are really close to us were like, yo, that was the most boring episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you can never really win. But, you know, also, like you said, we don't really get too far past the Earth's crust. You know what I mean? In that amount of time. I mean, it's, it's called Just Kidding News. Anytime anybody, I think, says, why are you joking about that? I think you have to, like, really think about the brand and the title. <laughs> um, and, and just yeah. ask yourself why I stopped by Just Kidding News. <laughs> um, but you know, to, to even just expand the, the, the ecosystem and just like where we're all at. And also, also we're all expansive people. Everybody mm -hmm. has a depth to them, uh, yeah. outside of like the jokes and stuff, you know, um, maybe adding this little segment of longer conversation of our overtime, uh, will be able to satisfy some of those people that are looking for a little bit more. Hell yeah. yeah. Also, I think it's cool that we ne we're always focusing on guests or when we're all together, we're focusing on the collective dynamic, but we never really get to talk like one to one and kind of just go deeper. You know, like a lot of people don't realize how well we know each other, you know, and how long we've known each other. Uh, let's put a year to it. We're pro I'm going to have to jog my own memory. I'm not even telling a story. I'm like discovering myself. Let's put a year to it. The 2000, year, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking like 06, dude. 2006. Yeah, it might be 06. Yeah. I definitely you were a sophomore in in college, I think. Yeah, I was yeah, sophomore in college for 05, 06. I definitely heard about you like 05, 06 for sure because oh, wow. I was Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, no, I was definitely uh Victor Kim. Yeah. Obviously was the guy who's uh showing me some of your clips. Um and we were watching this cat out uh, of Ryan uh, this cat named Ryan Anime. He's from the OC. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about like a lot of other B-boys and stuff like that in the scene at that time, they said I was from the OC. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. 
Well, uh, or from from Southern California, oh, cool. and and we're in the area because you know we were watching people from like Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were yeah. watching people from France. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Anytime like be- this is before YouTube, so when we're going on like onecipher.com or bboyworld.com or, or whatever mm-hmm. forums had like bboy clips, and Victor would be just showing me everything. Same yeah. with Mike. You know what I mean? We would just be fucking ingesting as much content as possible. I do specifically. You were standing out because I was like. One, there's a guy who has this hair that I don't know how he has cloud strife hair. But he has it. His name's <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh guy, yeah. yeah. And then he's capable of doing like really flexible stuff with his leg where he does this thing where he puts his fucking foot on his shoulder and like magically brings his fucking foot over here. Or like does this thing where he like spins on his like elbow and stuff. You know, this is before I saw like the head flip. Oh, wow. And yeah. I was just like seeing these moves. And oh. uh, I think maybe at the time I was maybe equating it to like uh, circus runaways, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just that's like, the era. Yeah, yeah. flexible kind of counterculture breaking. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, you were yeah. in like punk rocker type, like either like tight jeans ripped Dude, up. Dude, I had so that, much holes on all my clothes. There was such an edginess. You had like like uh, arm socks that were like <laughs> wow, you remember on your that wrist shit? With like bracelets everywhere. Damn. You just had a look. Bro, I got called gay all the time. <laughs> every every day of my life. <laughs> As I would leave the house, my dad. <laughs> but yeah, so like 05, 06, I was, I was hearing yeah. about you. But yeah, it wasn't, I don't think I met you. Did I meet you before Hawk? I I don't know. I don't know if it, who came first. Because Hawk met Mike, I think, very early on. Yeah. So the, the crazy thing is you, Victor Kim, Mike Song, were like the three freaking amigos, man. And uh, that was like the triplet. And when I met Victor... That's pretty much when I kind of met you and Mike. Yeah. And you guys were like inseparable back then. And Victor is a guy that was from my crew, Quest crew, but he ended up disappearing. We'll get into that later. But um, <laughs> but Victor Anthony so just disappearing. Mike, <laughs> he just disappeared. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's long story short, he disappeared. But Victor, Anthony, Mike lived together in college, and uh, that was the holy trinity. Well, I don't know about holy. But, um, <laughs> yes, we were assholy trinity. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, we were we were a clique. You know, we yeah. all met our freshman year of college in two thousand four at UCI. Um, dance was for sure the definitive thing that like brought us together. Yeah. Um, Mike asked us to particip- participate in a CASA Korean American yeah, Student yeah, yeah, Associations yeah, yeah. like dance off. So this is a freshman dance off. Um, he asked us to join the the Korean Association crew to to do their freshman dance off. Where literally that club puts freshmen together puts a routine on them they compete at some fucking club in la somewhere and it's like the schools that battle battle it out like yeah it's UC so Irvine dope. versus ucla uh, we do this for for chinese association too for all count stuff um but same thing this is for freshmen for koreans we were so cocky even me who had never danced a fucking ever <laughs> already cocky <laughs> i was in a, i was in a squad with like mike and victor so i was like oh my god like you know just yeah 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 dripping with ego you know for mm. no reason as an incoming freshman um thinking we were hella tight i was not for sure sure i was worst always will be probably um but uh we go and ucla smokes us and like it just it just annihilated i remember we just got destroyed that day but it was so funny because i think people that go through struggle get closer than people who just share like you know wins and stuff totally um and i remember that being really the catapult of like my dance journey well obviously it wasn't a career at the so time. a journey of revenge you would say low-key yeah <laughs> and, and to the point where i was so like i'm so, i'm so petty i'm like steve petty almost <laughs> that 
when I remember, I remember promising to myself that I would come back every year and assist the freshmen to beat. Oh, that's dope. LA, and we did that every year. I came back and I was a part of Costa Freshman Dance Off as like a choreographer or whatever. Oh, we won every single time. I've always been curious what your motivation was to keep helping. That <laughs> that was a very petty one, but there yeah. there is there was like I, maybe you know as a young kind of like about to be like director of different things in dance. Yeah, I think that there was like a, a natural calling for me to want to put myself in that position to, you know, like create, yeah, direct, yeah, yeah. figure things out. You know what I mean? They're, like the sh- the strategy of showmanship and competition is always a fun thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but point is going back to us three going through stuff like that and then mm-hmm. just like clicking up and then dancing because all of us went separate ways but still stayed homies right like yeah uh mike went on to audition for cabo modern i went yeah. on to audition for cadc victor ended up joining six step with you you know yeah I mean? which is crazy that you guys are all in different teams and it's crazy that as long as i've known you we've always been on different teams but very close circles yeah like we had the same friends but we never like did performances together or anything yeah to the point where you know you f- you were freaking living with with Victor yeah, and, and yeah. Mike and and everybody in that house, which we'll get to in a second too. But um, the cool thing about Yo Mama Crew, I think as well, is that that's how we like uh, Yo Mama Crew is even what b- brought me here, you yeah. know, to like JK. Like, right, right, right. That's if how Yo you Mama met them, Crew, right? yeah, didn't get booked to be on the Tick Tick tour, Tick Tick Two, I believe, and we got Chad and Can being our techs Yay, in thanks, the back Chad over and here Ken. Uh, for Poriotics. Poriotics was just on a tear, and they were doing their yeah. second tour in Australia where their headline is called the Tick Tick Tour Part Two, I believe. Um, and that's where Just Kidding Films was being brought out, so like Bart mm-hmm. Joe and Gio, um, and that's when like Joseph Vincent, J.R. Aquino, um, the architects had like Puspos on it um, to. Who else was there? Chani. Damn, um, just all-time all-stars. You know, and then Yo Mama Crew. And Mike couldn't make it to that particular event. So it was just me, Victor, and then Lawrence Cal. Because Lawrence subbed right. in for Mike right, and then we right, did right. a show there. And that's literally how I met, like, you know, Bart, Joe, and Gio and stuff. And since then, it was like, you know, coming on to JK Films, becoming a member of JK News, all that stuff. That's literally the, the whole story. But it came from Yo Mama Crew being, like, our thing. Wasn't even Kendra's. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny that, like, I feel like my first impression of you looking back, like, this is 2006 or 2007. How old were you at that time? Sophomore in college. Sophomore in college makes me, what, like, 1920? <laughs> Dude, my impression of you, I thought you were, like, the brainiac guy. I thought you were, like, the smart guy. <laughs> because, like, you had Victor, Mike, and you. And for some reason, I think I had gotten really close to Victor because he was always coming to practice and shit. But then, like... Um, and then I knew Mike a little cause I'd went to Kaba parties yeah. and, and like talked to him there, but I didn't really know you. So I just assumed that you were quieter than them. So I just assumed you were smarter. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, that that's a smart guy. The now taller guys. Now smart you know, guy. now you know I'm louder than them. So I mean, I must be, but I didn't know that for years. I didn't know that until a, I moved idiot. in with, uh, until like 2000, I want to say like eight, 2009, when I moved in with Victor is when I really heard your actual voice. <laughs> and i was like oh damn this guy's cool dude uh similarly uh i you were just a mystique to me like a like just a very a powerful and edgy aura of an image but i never really like knew that you were 
very much so a fucking goofball. A freaking dork, yeah. Because, like, when you, uh, if you don't, like, <laughs> actually, let, let's talk about the dance part about our, our expressive nature. If somebody doesn't know you yeah. and they see your dance style, it is both, uh, that's why me and Mike always call it sacrificial because you're fucking throwing your body yeah. in that, like, you're, that's like, that's my favorite. That's painful. That yeah. looks like it would be painful for an, a number of everybody else on the planet. Um, but when you do it like that and you don't know who you are, obviously you look very, very edgy and like oh. a certain type of rough. Right. You know what I'm saying? One man mosh pit. Kind, kind of, of. Kind of. So you don't know. There's <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And then like when you learn about you, when you get to know you and you realize that this guy's willing to do those moves, but like, I don't know, like in a onesie or in a dress or like, you know, against the wall or to break different things. That's totally different. I'm like, this fool's a freaking goofball, you know? Mm. <coughs> And it wasn't until I feel like, well, there's many instances, but what really got me was your fucking IG stories. Oh wow, that later? That well, was like well, it's because all the other stuff was years later. <laughs> all the other stuff was still really cool. <laughs> oh, like whether, oh, wow. whether like you guys are ABDC champions and you're oh. like living at Foo's house, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hosting these giant parties. Hey, you used to come to those. That was dope. Yes, yes, I did. Had Thank a great you time. for coming. <laughs> uh, or, or like hosting like the Halloween parties for Quest. Yeah, or like yeah. um or playing the piano like fucking reincarnated Mozart. Like there were elements of things that you would do that were very standout, edgy, and like really amazing. But it didn't necessarily paint like goofball. Oh. Or, or goofball is a too, too fucking lackadaisical word. But it's just there's very a funny charisma. Wow. You know what's weird is like I think also I was so shy around you guys when – remember when I lived with uh, – I think we were living in Costa Mesa – and it was like all your friends lived in the house I lived in. And yeah. you would come over, Tony Tran would come over. And like I was always so shy to interact with you guys because I didn't know the dynamic. And maybe that's why I thought yeah. you were just a nerd because I was like, he's like really shy <laughs> and not coming out. But everything, yeah. there's like, it's like all Final <laughs> Fantasy. There's yeah. like nothing but like gameplay. I'm like only learning that you're like a fucking game nerd. I would always just be in my room playing video games when you guys were over. And then I would always be like, man, I hope. One of those dudes knocks on the door and asks if they can play, but like, because I didn't know how to fucking invite you guys in. But like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, maybe at some point I'll just turn this shit up and they'll hear Mario and they'll go, "Hey, what are you doing there?" And That's bully so their way funny. into the room, and I can That's... go, "No, guys." Yeah, we probably should have gotten a lot closer a lot sooner. Yeah, but you know, that, hey, life works the way that it works. It's because there were so many different webs. Like, you guys are connected through UCI, through like the uh, the frats, through so many different ways. And I was like, ah, oh, these guys are cool. My uh, <laughs> my true uh, and and I say I, again I, I go back to the to the um, the charismatic funny all this personality stuff because you've taken so much time in things like IG stories to like write things out yeah, to, showcase to stories just, to be like, totally disposed yeah just crack up about stuff so there's like a, a particular articulation of that experience but like what my real game changing experience with you was like in terms of like I think what truly elevated our friendship are uh, definitely two things one was the piano man oh the like yeah, the um, culture so shock yeah project. when yeah. i was when i was directing culture shock la back in 2011 to like 12 13 14 yeah, i don't yeah. know something like mm -hmm. that around that time frame 
um and i had the greatest time you know what i mean it was like uh it wasn't necessarily for work it wasn't like uh this like career yeah, it, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah, a non-profit yeah. hip-hop education organization you know what i mean that goes out to like underserved communities and like uses the hip-hop best, to, yeah you know it, it was just good people so we did the best with what we could as a non-profit to put together like fun shows and stuff but at the end of the day like as a creator i'm still trying to like do something different do something fresh you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah uh and so i get this idea to uh and again this idea spawned because of me knowing you and your ability i you know when like you you're only as good as like you know as a cook like the 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 ingredients that you have type uh-huh. stuff. of course you got your skills but like with whatever you have right i mean you you were in my circle of vicinity and I, it just like was the the ember to a flame that eventually became like a forest fire of an idea but like i was like man like ryan can basically hear any song and compose like uh, it, it, like variations of that song of that tune to make it both original and fresh and and noticeable of what it is and then he can also mash it into like 18 other songs that you request and like that's imagine like being a dance team director and then being like these are the six songs we want to compete to and then make a mega mix mm-hmm. that's already hard as fuck for somebody to like figure out transitions when the yeah. bpms are different or when the mood doesn't make this the right, right you know that's why lot. you always get these mega mixes of just random sounds but when you're doing it music like actually musically with like piano keys and stuff like that it's you you only have the one instrument and this is just how i perceived it yeah. you know you don't get to add like you know this fucking all these high hats to your crazy booms a giant explosion right. it's just the the keys that you're playing mm-hmm. with so you actually had to compose this entire like symphony for us you yeah, know yeah that I mean? was i feel like that came at a really really good time because what like so like you and Mike basically came over and you guys were like, hey, so you know how you can just play anything? Can you just like chain all these songs together? And it was like 16 something songs. And I was like, yeah, sure. But like, that's something I always wanted to do in the dance community and never got to do it because I always felt like, oh, if if I want to do that, I would have to be the one to bring it up. And that sounds so like, I guess like selfish to be like, hey guys, why don't we all dance to my shit? Like that would never happen in a million years. But then you, you ask, yeah, yeah sure. then you asking me was like, it, the timing was amazing because I think I was still super bummed out at that time because I was living, I had to move back home because I, I, on tour I I tore my ACL. Oh, and that then I time, yeah, yeah, and then I healed for like a year and. Uh, I wasn't dancing or doing that much. So I was living at home in Downey. I remember you guys came over to my actual parents' house. And I was like, Mom, this is Anthony and Mike. We're going to go in my room now and, and make a show. <laughs> my mom's like, okay, go. You want to eat later? Like super, like, I felt like a kid. I was like, God damn it. And then um, when you said you wanted to do this thing, I remember the first thing was like, your example was like, or Darren, you and Darren and, and Mike, your example was like, can you do something like Sam Smith mixed with Final Fantasy? And I was like, are you are you jerking me off right now? Because I just came. <laughs> like, it was like the, the requests were so on brand with like shit that I genuinely enjoy doing. That's Which is crazy. why I was like, yes, all across the board, no matter what. Like, I would do this every time, like 100%. Yeah, that's actually nice to know um, in a funny way because uh, not to say this takes anything away, but I thought you were doing it just because you were super nice. No, Not I necessarily really because like it. that was like your pocket of what you would enjoy in that Dude, moment. Dude, that is the most pocket thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so Dude. like for people that don't know, like That's amazing. one of my jobs is I, I do performance mixes for stage and TV and movies. Uh, and then and it's kind of like after doing quest mixes for so long and six step mixes, certain other 
uh, people like Olympic skaters or people that um, do ballroom or whatever. They're just like, hey, I want to mix like that for yeah. what I do. So then I'll do it for uh, like the Chinese the Chinese TV shows or for um, I for the UCLA gymnastics. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's the same formula, but very rarely do I ever get to go full piano. Very rarely, because uh, nobody and really. And piano's like your foundation, like your basis for all of it. Right? That's underneath all everything I do. So like it's it's basically the manual. It's like the stick shift version of the automatic, which would be like digital to me that's fucking crazy and for everybody who doesn't know like i like to think and again without any offense i like to think that brian plays piano better than he dances and i think he dances obviously award-winning so messed up bro you don't even know award-winning champion right here <laughs> i I'll honestly think i i think i i do too not that's not to mean like i'm so good but i think just the amount of years i've spent for piano has been like what since age six dude i i i can still go back to that culture shock show and watch it I love and that shit. Yeah. The music, uh, it's it's crazy because you know it's like that weird shit in your brain chemically or whatever. It's like music can also like like smell. It can bring mm -hmm. back memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. You it's know like what I'm talking about? Memories. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing the video is like, oh yeah, of course it's nostalgic, dude. But hearing the music gives me the feeling of that time. It like totally holds on to that era and that time frame yeah. and it puts every emotion back into play. Seeing and you guys do it was like another thing though, because I hadn't watched. I didn't. I purposely didn't want to watch anything. Like it, you guys were sending me like rehearsal shit. I was like, I don't want to see none of that. I want to. I want to see it at the show. Yeah, and yeah. I like. See Saved my virginity for that, and once it <laughs> once it went, I was like, I think I cried, bro. I was like, this is a dream come true for me, and I will never tell them oh, because I'm God. not gay. <laughs> we went, we went so I went so far in the request. Like I think just having somebody who is like willing, willing one, talented too, and then just like knew that I like you could deliver. I think I was going. I was almost abusive with no, it. No, nothing was Cause ever Because it, it was like, hey, uh, can you go into Jaws here? Because I'm going to buy a, uh, a remote control blow-up balloon shark. <laughs> Do you remember that shit? Yes. And then I literally got this blow-up <laughs> yeah. shark that you literally, it blows up, and then it's got a little machine fan that's on it, and then you can RC it. Yeah. And then we threw it into the stage, and then we had it fly over the crowd. And it's like, because I wanted to do this stupid little gimmick, Ryan had to mix in the jaws theme and then there was also a moment where it's like we want to have like a superman yeah, you know what i mean like right. a guy literally comes back there's a whole rewind section bo and with the cape yeah, yeah. bo comes in and it's like superman there's it, it was maybe even a back to the future moment yep, there was, back yeah to the future you moment. know yeah. what i mean there was just things that we thought were, were cool but because we had somebody who I, I just knew could do it we were able to exercise that creatively Dude, i loved every single request like if even if it sounded like more of a of a job i love to do it because that's my favorite thing is when you know like the when i would stream and i would just freestyle music and then people would ask for like i don't know sandstorm mixed with fergie like i love shit that doesn't make sense fucking and it's bananas. difficult to do and every time you were like i'm sorry but can we please i was like fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> what is that impression of me <laughs> It's dainty Anthony Lee. <laughs> Why do you put dainty hey, Anthony on I hate on blast? to be a burden. <laughs> Doma. I, I am a little bitch like that. Though. No, it was like, I, I loved it because also um, Culture Shock LA at the time had so many of my friends in it. Like yeah. at Chris Quenza, Jolie, Scarlett. Yeah, yeah. Like so many people that I knew. And then, and then Bo and Jillian 
And then it was, and Darren and you, well, I just can name them forever, but it was so cool. It was like seeing a mashup of time and people that I've known. And it was it was like an out of body experience seeing it. So it's called the Piano Man, and it's on. Uh, I think it's on YouTube still. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I love that's to this day still probably one of my favorite creations ever. But Dude, I, I yeah. think that again that just brings me back to a time where I think my career hadn't like taken off by any means. Um, so I I think as a creator I was I was so free of any like pressures. Yeah, and I think that that was like the last time for me personally where I feel um, I didn't have to uh, think about anything beyond creation and joy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and not to say that I didn't do anything better in the future, but it's just like as an artist, right? When you mix your, you know, how it is when you mix profession with your, your artistry there, it just, it's just a different cocktail, no yeah. matter what, like, you know, you put two different colors of ingredients into something, it's just going to be a new color. Right, like you, yeah. And you can't separate those things all the time. Those are always going to be some sort of like blend back and forth. But that was like at a time where I feel like it was the last step right before my actual like career in dance was going to take off. So I, I felt like I had the ambition and the vision yeah. without the the whatever pressures of like needing to outdo myself mm -hmm. or you know make money off of it or anything like that so it was it was like one of my favorite times in my entire dance training dude i didn't know that that's cool i didn't know that you looked at it with that much like value because i did and i i definitely didn't talk about it too much but dude the piano man is massive is for sure one of my most uh it's, it's just the best time it's one of the best times. <laughs> I remember there was this moment where um, we're rehearsing at Boogie's Own Utopia down in like Torrance, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm in the big room with like the main rest of the team and like, you know, Mini Shock, Mighty Shocks, Future Shocks, all the little kids. And we're putting together different parts of the number or whatever, right? Um, not, not, not Minis and Mighties, that's the benefit show, but just, you know, like uh, all, just like different segments with the other team. And then I have Bo and Jillian go work on their mini duet section in just like one of the smaller rooms. Yeah. So I just give them a couple hours or whatever, you know. And then uh, as the team's working on stuff, I go out and I'm checking on them. And they, they're like sweating the music just played. And again, everywhere in all these studio rooms, like your mix is playing from different That's segments, so right? So it's just such a cool thing to like, also just know we have like original music on this in a, a unique yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like sweating. They come out, I'm like, how are you doing? They're like, you want, so you think you can dance or what? You know what I mean? Cause they knew that what they had just put together was just so fun. And, but it was also, it, it was funny. a big ask, you know, like in these community competitions and shows, oftentimes people, what they just choreograph a segment, 30, 40 people learn it. Yeah. And then it's like, you present the choreo. It's never so focused on, and at, especially during, this is over, like 10 years ago, you know, it wasn't so focused on a small amount of people, Right. but I'm over here knowing what Bo and Jillian can do as individuals and knowing the magic that like nobody needs to support that actually everybody needs to get out of the way to see the strength yeah, of it yeah right, right you know what I'm saying and it's like superstars for sure just like having that confidence too same thing like like you mentioned just a bunch of our friends just yeah. in that era and that time just knowing that you could rely on the people whether it's like on the dance floor or composing the music to put mm. this whole thing together and collaborate I think that that also That's was true. such a joyous thing in the in the early days did you never want to uh compete on like or audition for like those tv dance shows that were popping up left and right back in the day um i not really because i also know that when i like got signed to an agent and i did like auditions and i told the story on jk news too like auditions wasn't ever really my thing that wasn't your thing and i also think it's because i don't um 
hot take, but just for the sake of like this conversation, <laughs> I don't think like I'm like me being a dancer is my thing. I think Whoa. I love creating. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I do love things like choreographing and sequencing combos oh. and putting them together and seeing it happen. But even me, particularly like choreographing stuff and then like needing to be at the forefront of it, like that's not that's not necessarily like this is me, this is what I do. Actually, like even my heart now yearns to create more and not be visually like the person who's doing that choreography mm. and even choreography i think is too small a word um, nowadays too i just like uh starting at zero and then a product gets finished yeah yeah yeah. right and the process is always different and that's what's fun to me right. but like when the product is done i just like knowing that i created something but like i never saw myself as you don't want to like, be the product basically not necessarily yeah. like and and I, I also just don't think i trained like that I don't mm. train the way certain people train, like where where some people and respectively so they, they put in so many hours in training into like their sessions, figuring out their combos, their moves, their signature moves, like the physicality uh, and the technique of certain things. Like, I think I put in the same amount of time to things like sequencing moves yeah, yeah, yeah. or or two things like. You know, if it wasn't physically difficult, it was mentally innovative or unique or standout-ish. Mm, like, I think mm -hmm. I put in a lot of time. I just enjoyed that. And I would revere, like, the people that put in a lot of time to their movement right. technique. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's why you don't see me in things like, you know, just a bunch of freestyle battles or jams all the time. <laughs> because I enjoy that as a, as a fan. Yeah. But that's that has nothing to do with, like... Anthony Lee, the dancer, choreographer, Kinjas, or whatever. That's right. just it, me as a dance fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I don't put in that time. I don't put in that same drive. I don't have that ambition. Wasn't it crazy? I, f I feel like, no, I don't know if any generation will have it exactly the same way, but it was a trip growing up in the dance industry and, and community and slowly seeing different pockets of friends just get famous. That was such a... Like, it was a shock every time. Every like, time. Like, people care about us, you know, like it, like our world. And then you'll just see, like, all of a sudden, Yuri's this, like, superstar. And then, you know, Ben's up here. And, like, all these people that were people that we thought were knew were superstars. Totally. And then they just, like, blow up. It was crazy to see. It, uh, dude, I remember, and again, not to, like, fucking sound like the old people. But <laughs> it's okay. We are the old people now. It's true. Like, <laughs> my first YouTube video, I think I posted in 2005. Yeah. Right? And um, I remember when we posted this like remake of the Yo Chris Brown music video. Mm. Uh, I remember we filmed it. We filmed it uh, in like four hours. We edited in four hours. I remember thinking to ourselves like, "Whoa, dude, eight hours. We finished a video." And I was a film major, so <laughs> You're like a film major. I was a film major, but throughout UCI like, yeah. the whole time. Um, my first two years, I was undeclared, undecided, oh, and then I declared a film I didn't major. Know that. Cool. Uh, so I was a film and media studies major under the School of Humanities. So, so I was going to things like production one hundred and one and you know, this is like mini DVs. This is like actual film mm -hmm. at the time where you had to like convert it into a digital file. And if you fuck up or, you know what I mean? Like you're losing your entire project. Yeah. Or like rendering takes overnight for certain things at like 480p. Like we were not <laughs> in a fucking professional era like it is today right, where right. everybody can do way better work on just your cell phone. Like this is like you had to work your ass off to put a, a one clip with another clip and then put music on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then make it shareable as Damn. an edit at the time. And so, you know, during this time, there were things like megaupload.com or whatever to try and share files. But then when YouTube was new, I remember uploading that video 
And when there was like 15 views on it, because we like sent it out to our homies, we we're like, yeah, dude, our homies are seeing this. <laughs> Just like so happy right? about it. And then when like there was 50 views, I remember like the slight confusion of like, uh, you did you send this to anybody else? You know what I mean? It. Yeah. And then when there's like 150 or 500 views, I remember, I remember, I, I believe, you know, I, I remember hitting up Mike and just being like, yo, dude, like, I ain't got 500 friends. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, so like just being in that time where, uh, and then I went to store, uh, Spot like that following summer mm -hmm. student parent orientation program, mm -hmm. and I'm a staffer, right, for UCI. And then I'm like, we're walking around the cafeteria, I'm holding my tray of food, and somebody comes up to me and they're like, are you Anthony Lee? And this is the very first time that ever That's happened. That's the very, very first one. Very first That's one. Cool I remember, remember I, that. I was out yeah. at fucking cafeteria at UCI. Like, are you Anthony Lee? I'm like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> and this is way before people started adding fuck hinges at the end of that, right? Yes, yeah. That didn't happen until <laughs> fucking Steve. Um, I wish Steve was never born. But um, other than that. Right. Um, In the cafeteria at school. Yeah, and, and I, I genuinely, this never happened before, so I thought I did something stupid or wrong, you know what I mean? That was the easiest place to equate something to, and they were <laughs> yeah. like, did you do the Yo! Chris Brown music video remake? And I was Damn. like, whoa, yeah, right? And they're like, yeah, um, I saw you at our high school rally at Cerritos High School. Oh, shit. Because you remember, okay, you remember what a fucking high school pep rally, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I remember thinking a high school pep rally was like if you were anybody who's anybody like and you were featured at high school that's like a big that's deal. a big deal yeah you're a big that's man like, on campus yeah basically. you're like yeah. literally a, a right. mega star you know mm -hmm. and then somebody's like yeah cerritos high school and again i i grew up around the cerritos high school area too you know it's like wait what like why would anyone play our video at a high school pep rally and just thinking like yo we're in a totally different time you know what i mean so seeing people just that's become dope quote unquote something yeah was just and and my closest connection was Mike's song right so when abdc 2008 season one happens on mtv and i remember he's on a break from the show uh -huh. so i'm like yo let's go to dmbs because that was that was right, what us right, uci right. kids would do right yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to go for the drinks let's go to dmbs and we fucking go to dmbs and i shit you not like like all these Asian cats, frat boys, all these frat people and stuff like that, all these random fans would be like, oh my God, you Mike song from Kaba. And this was Dude. the first time shit like this was really happening. And it was just such a trip. Yeah. I, you know, like I was never quicker to be like, I'll take a photo for you guys. You know what I mean? Right. Just like, what is this? Mike song, let's go. You know? I was so happy for Mike. But at the same time, I was like, I was pretty jealous, not of like, like jealous, like I didn't want them to rise. I was like, the feeling of people coming up to me going, yo, you ever seen this team Cobb Modern? And it's the same shit I've been telling them for years and they just didn't listen. It's like, it made me mad to be yeah. like, oh, now you now you care about it. You know what I mean? Like well, immaturely. Who would have known though? You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, right, right, like, right. What a, what a phenomenon that that I was going to be. Like was that was huge. like a fucking phenomenon, you yeah, know? It was massive. But yeah, who would have known? You know, you know, it was a fucking really, really wild time too. Uh, I think um, it was just these TV shows for dancers. Like we talk about this on like different pods, but like it just, it wasn't just about people getting famous. It like shifted and changed the culture of yeah. the industry, right? Mm -hmm. No, like we we ba barely mentioned some of these topics before on JK News, but like a dance level Asian 
suddenly becoming a thing. Yeah. To like, yeah, yeah. you know, back in the day when people would go out and teach in like Europe and stuff like that, everything was about like Britney Spears choreographer or like Janet Jackson choreographer or JT or whatever. And it wouldn't even sometimes mention the name of who that choreographer was. It was the credit was more important than the person yeah. and artistry. And like it wasn't until these dance shows that that changed. Yeah. And witnessing that was also like, whoa. Because nobody different. was interested until the dance shows came along. <clears throat> what was uh, your first moment for you like where you're like holy shit this is like this is the ride you know, I, what, I mean? you know what it was it was it was um because when i i did so you think you can dance the very very first season 2005 prior to that i'd never done any audition i'd never had a professional job like of any type i didn't even know choreography counts very well the maximum i did was on six step as a competitor and of course we found ways around learning how to count but um the 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 shock of being on that show and this was like a thing maybe that only applies back then but going on the forums so so you think you dance used to have its own forum <laughs> um but now it doesn't you don't need shit like that for anything but yeah, yeah, yeah. back then all the communication about the show whether fans are discussing it all took place on the fox.com website Holy and it crap. so you think had its own like thread and I remember going on there while I was still competing, and I was sequestered, so I couldn't go anywhere. I lived in the hotel. Uh, you weren't allowed to see anybody. Uh, and then we would all just, the, the um, contestants would just go on the forum to see what people are saying about us. Uh, at the time, our only social media was MySpace. And back, right. back in the day, they had a backwards view on it, so networks would make you delete your MySpace if you were doing something like this. If you're doing Idol, if you're doing anything, you would have to delete it. That's which crazy. doesn't make any sense, yeah, but sense. yeah, they saw it so backwards. So we deleted it. No, we had no way of fans talking to us or telling us nothing. You go on the forum and then you just read what people are saying about you. And then the, the first time I saw somebody say, oh yeah, I'm a Ryan fan. And it like almost justified my existence. Cause until then Holy I had like crap. no confidence. Yeah. I was That's very crazy. like low confidence kind of person. What, I, what year was the first season? So you think 2005, Oh yeah. my yeah, that's my first YouTube video right there. <laughs> oh yeah. My God. So then like seeing somebody say that and like feeling like, oh like, oh, I have a responsibility now to uphold their confidence in me. You know, it was it was a good feeling, but at the same time, of course, if you read the forum and you like the compliments, you're gonna get affected by the negatives too. Yeah. And at the time yeah. reality TV was a different beast. Yeah. And you know, negatives were just as big as positives. And then I started going through the rabbit hole of like reading about people that didn't like me and it would just break my heart. And everybody would go through this um, kind of like up and down thing, like all the contestants, because we didn't know yet. No one had ever primed us that like, hey, don't read about yourself online. Because yeah. that wasn't even a thing. Yeah, for sure. And then sure. Um, we learned the hard way. Like everybody had these identity crises. The uh, abilities would go haywire like you just wouldn't be able to perform or do your thing because you would just be thinking so much about how somebody hates you some random person that's it was weird bananas. yeah it was weird because you couldn't resist looking at it be like you'd know it's bad for you but no one's ever written about you anywhere on a blog or nothing so you're like yeah. what are they saying what are they saying and if it's bad it just like destroys you i do remember uh watching you on the first season and uh, i remember again we're all ignorant because this is like the very first time it happened. But I remember thinking, it's like, there's no way uh, like a hip hop dancer or a B-boy is going to get that far. Yeah. I was just like, there's, there's some sort of uh, unwritten politics to like the dance hierarchy. Yeah, 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 right. You know what I mean? And, and you know, uh, 
it's not untrue. No, yeah, in one it's sense, tr- for it sure, is. Right? I think true. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, dude, how's Ryan gonna like, you know, do well on this? I thing? think it was true then, but then following that season, people would train specifically for the show. Yeah, knowing they would have to do Latin ballroom, all that shit. Well, like, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. We didn't when know you nothing. had to do Latin. And I remember when your hair was all like combed yeah. over, and you were in like fucking bell bottom pants and stuff, right? With, like, a plunging V neck to your belly button or whatever it was you're wearing. <laughs> I remember yeah, being like, <laughs> yeah. Did this guy either sell out, <laughs> or <laughs> is so this not hip hop, or is this amazing? I remember being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, whoa, like, because it was low key. Like, if you know, people who pay attention to the scene, just straight up again, and we weren't even like friend friends back then or anything like that. I just remember being like, this looks funny, right? Just you coming out. Yeah. But then when you did it, I was like. Because they had the whole pre-interview packages, right? Right, So, yeah, like, you would packages. know that you were going to kind of do stuff like that. And it would be like, this is so funny. Like, look at this b-boy trying to do, I like, know. <laughs> salsa Fish or water, whatever, right? you know? Yeah. And then you come out, and you're, like, full outfit, and you're, like, committed. And I was like, whoa, he's pretty good. Dude, I worked so freaking hard to get that routine right. Well, dude, it was... I- it was a. Dude. It was one of those. Yeah, fish out of water for sure. Fish out of water, but like surviving. You know, it was yeah. one of those things where you're like, wait a minute, you don't have to be one way. You can just do multiple things. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that was just yeah, simple shit. Intro your mind. bisexuality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you was on the chopping block and you had to fucking do your freestyle. My poison. solos. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You remember the song too? Jeez. Dude, poison. Of course, man. Like the, I funny. think that to me, from a, a, a fan of Ryan in the entire career and the length of your life, that I think will be a top three moment. In, that's dope, for sure because I, I think really what like, it said yeah. yeah what it said in that moment it's like you were on the chopping block I think that's the context yeah too. yeah 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 yeah. you're about to be cut basically so, so seeing, save your life you know yeah. You, yeah you don't see people fight for their lives through dance you don't that's see true. that that's at not that a thing time. yeah prior you know that's what I'm true. saying like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not a battle it's like a, right. if he doesn't pull something out of his ass right now mm-hmm. he's going home it's like you have to you have to kill it off yeah and then you did something that you just never really did before like I never seen that headstand like that before <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you, I saw a back head spring, like flip thing, yeah. where you like tap your head in the momentum. Did I tell of you your... how I first did that? The very, very first one? Mention it again. It was at All Cal. Oh, you know yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Because I was trying to go all the way over, but I messed up because I was trying to impress freaking Cheryl. <laughs> I really wanted to date this girl who didn't want to date me. And uh, <laughs> she was like in the audience. And I was like, Ooh, I have a solo coming up. I gotta make it the best one of my life. And then it's at Union Station where it's like basically hundred year old tile, so it's like the hardest surface you could ask for. And then um, I wanted to just do it where I bounce on my head and stand up and look all cool, and I was gonna look at her. But then I slipped and I landed straight on my head and just went thong. And then I made eye contact with her anyway, upside down. <laughs> And then I remembered after that show at All Cal, people were coming up and going, yo, dude, that was tight. Never seen that before. How'd you think of that? And I was like, ah, you know, just in the lab, you know, just like working on it. <laughs> you know, I tried to like play it off. Like that's something I had in the pocket. But... Meanwhile, you had a concussion. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was like, what the hell? How do I do that again? How do I replicate it? Dude, that yeah. was insane. And you could tell, you could tell when, it's like when you watch somebody do something in a battle and like, let's say they like, you know, they, they do 90s or 2000s, but they did like two extra spins than they normally yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they get up with the fire, like mm-hmm. like the Holy Ghost is in them. <laughs> that was like your energy. You hit 
this thing. Yeah. And you're like there for a second. That was like, me, yeah. And then you get up it's like, whoa. Right. Because like until then, like tons of dudes were already like showling it where they would just go bong bong. Uh, there was maybe like a maybe one or two people that I remembered being able to to stick it, but not that long. Like yeah, nobody that would was hike a... it like a freaking location pin. And that on was a you know that <laughs> that was always and again I love I love that you know I do choreography because at the end of the day like straight up choreographers get paid the most in the entire dance world. Yeah, say dude, that for real. Once I recognized that, I was like, this is where I'm going. But when I first started to dance, my first thing that I was doing was yeah. was breaking. That and was your very first thing? It was thing? my very first thing. It's, it's what my first love for dance. <laughs> so, so Mike, you and Mike battling at school made you want to be a b-boy? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I was, again, I had never danced formally or like officially. So yeah, I was like yeah. wanting to, I was like crib walking and whatever, you know what I mean? When I first, Little bits here and there. Yeah, when I was, things. I just yeah, saw yeah. things. I was trying to be Michael That's when I would battle Mike. But it wasn't until we become freshmen, um... I think it was uh, CADC auditions mm-hmm. are at the beginning of the year, and Kaba auditions are like later on, like in January, at the, like yeah. the fiscal year or whatever. And uh, Mike is about to like audition for CADC, so I was like, oh, maybe I should try this. I've never really done shit like this. Mike before. was gonna audition for CADC. He went to, he went to auditions, right? Oh. And then I think it was like people like Ben. Ben Chung was like, nah, dude, don't audition. Come audition for Kaba. Wow. So Mike's obviously like, oh, okay. So he yeah, because it's Ben. Like, yeah, who's so not he, gonna? So he doesn't audition for DC. But obviously, I never learned this shit before either. Even though I went to auditions with him, the, like mm. the learning of it. Um, so I don't audition because I'm I've never done this. And the only free club was UCI B Boy Club. Oh, yeah. You didn't have to audition. Yep. You just mm-hmm. go to the ARC, the uh, Aunt Eater Recreation Center, once a week, and then you just session, and people will teach you, and it's just like an open space. Yeah. So I would go there with Victor. I didn't have to audition for anything. I didn't have to be good at anything. I could just learn. So I started b-boying first, and, you know, for all the wrong reasons, just trying to, like, look hot for girls type stuff, like, you know, no foundation. Let's go right to windmills. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's spin. Like Ken's journey right now. Right, right Ken? Yeah. Yes. Ken, hey. where's your foundation right now? Okay, but he's posting his like continuous windmills every yeah, other day, dude. right? Because it's like the most fun part. It is because that's what b-boying gives you when you like stick a freeze. That trumps dude, every yeah. other feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like that's why I don't know. I still love it. I still love watching it. I still love uh, being a part of it in some way. Damn, that's cool. I didn't know that was your first thing that you wanted to do. Yeah, it was my first, and then I was uh, I got injured all the time. Cause I was weak and not good, and then I remember. I remember you time, being you were pretty skinny back then. Thank you. Like, uh, but not like you were like lanky skinny, which David is like calls me fat. But yes, I was lanky skinny. F- well, the only time I remember you gaining weight was after you quit dance. That you makes a lot you of had sense. you had a weird like. So from my side, I remember you had this like moment where word around the house I lived in was that Anthony doesn't dance now, and he got a man's job. And sales. he's like, yeah, sales. Yeah. And then that's when I remember you were coming over, and then you just looked so different. Like, you just looked sad. Say, say different again <laughs> in a different word. Three-letter word starts with an F, ends with an at. <laughs> you, uh, you came by. I just remember you looked so like your spirit was gone. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, how's the job going? And you Why were you like. Why are you laughing, no, I mean that's like the least of the of the change. the The major thing was your, your you were just so like gone. Like your face was just like I was like, hey, how's the job? And you were like, no, I don't. <laughs> you like didn't want to talk about it. This is the depressing <laughs> moment where I'm gonna ask Chad to pour me a shot. <laughs> uh, 
But think about this. Like, the thing that always trips me out, which I always want to credit you for, is that, like, imagine if you never stopped that path. There would, be no, there would be no kinjas. There would be, like, no none of that. Like, the fact that you came out of that... I mean, you could have become, like, wildly successful in sales. That would be fine, but... That is my biggest regret. <laughs> what? Not being successful yeah, yeah. in sales? Yeah, my biggest regret is is, is coming back to dance. No. Um, <laughs> Stupid. No, for sure. That was crazy. Because um, I actually physically saw that fork in the road, which is crazy to me. Because, you know, people might... You might tell your story somewhere, and, and people would just imagine... I probably and go, should yeah. tell that story right now, actually. I've never really talked about that entire journey. Yeah. It's, I am going to take a shot right wild. now. It's wild. Do it. You almost had a completely different life. Yeah, so, um, man, this is, uh, <clears throat> this is such a weird time in my life. I just graduated. Um, Mike was, you know, uh, doing his whole Kaaba Modern post-ABDC life where it was just like this conundrum of um, constantly traveling, yeah. constantly living teaching. Living it up. He was living like it big up. time. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was huge. You and know? then we were on our way. We were about to do ABDC. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was nowhere near like that world. Um, and I, you know, when I graduated, I remember one of the first places I applied to um, ended up being one of these sales jobs, right? And it was one of those business to business ones where like people in suits, they walk around and they just like, un they solicit. They like walk into stores and they sell shit. They're selling like, anything they're selling stuff from baseball tickets to coupon books to clippers hell? tickets so your your job is to sell to stores yeah so like they put together this back in the day again <laughs> you know what's again. funny is i had a complete misunderstanding somebody had said at the time that you were door-to-door -door selling books that's as, as good as it gets <laughs> yeah that was I didn't like understand what it was. That was like kind of like the basis of it, oh. right? Like you would go business. It was business to business because like the the maybe the uh, decade right before that, like the nineties, uh -huh. right? People would go door to door. Yeah, it was yeah, residential, yeah. right? And then you know suddenly you remember when people would fucking like knock on your residential door and they'd have like like the backs of car seats or like different toys. Yeah, or yeah, just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That doesn't happen no more. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't happen anymore because people probably like die now. Um, <laughs> But, it's not worth your life, yeah. Yeah, but um, that evolved, and then it became, like, people put on suits. They got, like, better deals with better clients oh, to offer. okay. And so it got into a realm where, like, we were walking around in suits, and we were working with, like, the Dodgers or working with, like, the Oakland A's or, like, every almost major sports team uh, around the nation yeah. because the whole concept is, especially if you weren't, like, a, a top-tier sports team, but, like, you just had a huge stadium with a lot of seats, yeah. they would have excess seats. So then it would make more sense for, like, those organizations to give away those free seats if they weren't selling them anyway in order right. to um, make sales off the concessions, make sales off of parking, make sales yeah. off of whatever. From heads being in the Yeah, free, otherwise yeah. you just have an empty seat. So they would constantly give us these free coupon seats and then we would go selling those coupons in a bundle at a discounted package oh. and people who are familiar especially like you know we're in like southern california when we were pushing dodgers tickets like all the hispanics out here they knew we would come around mm. so anytime you walked into the right type of shop people are like you guys are the dodgers guys come over here so it was oh okay it was also for for guys that were not afraid to go to different businesses like guys like me you could do really well and i was a so part you were of, not afraid you didn't have a shyness or like a inhibition i'm more one of those guys i'm like what the fuck are you doing you know like this is stupid like <laughs> give me that shit i'll just do it you know what yeah, i, mean? I can like, see that you were good at just cold talking to people yeah i'm just gonna yeah. like it's like this is the pitch okay cool like I, i'm not about this but let me see if i can do it and then i'll do it and i'll be like i could do it and i'll be like doing it better than half the guys in the office and i'll be like 
and you're younger, you're like the young buck. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, this isn't what I want to be or where I want to, you know, go with things, but I'm good at it. And I was just like f making money for the first time, truly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay. And then I got into the point where I was just also at that point in the, um, in that industry scope where it started evolving in general. So we, I was part of the, um, the test team where we wouldn't walk around business to business. We would go into places like Sam's club or Costco and we'd have a booth there and we would sell different cards at mm. a booth and we would do even more sales because this now people aren't being solicited to now they're going to a place where they're already looking to be oh. you know solicited or s sold something yeah, 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 yeah so it was a more appropriate environment right. so we would suddenly 10x sales that a person who was walking in the streets would do in oh one that's day. dope okay so yeah, then yeah. i was on this team where i would constantly be like the innovative team that would push new initiatives for the company the the major company across the nation. And I would be flown out to like Texas for conventions. So no way. I didn't know it got going, that crazy. It started going really, really well, wow. right? And then um, basically it got to a point where uh, in our branch in like in Orange County and like Santa Ana or whatever, uh, or Anaheim, um, the assistant manager there got pushed up to a manager position. So she opened an office in, in Riverside. That's when I moved to Riverside because mm. I, I was under her team. So I go out and I work under her team and I became the assistant manager and I started running the entire office out there. And the thing is, she was like super lazy and shit. And she was also fucking the fucking old manager for Anaheim anyway. So it was like Ooh, they were in cahoots hot. in a different way. She was cool, <laughs> but like she was a little lazy. So I'm going to keep it real. Um, and I basically ran like the whole Riverside office, right? So then there was a point. That's how you get promoted, man. You start yeah, doing someone you know? else's job. Yeah. So then there was a point where obviously I was doing well. So even the uppers they were like all right it's time for him to get promoted because that's the whole point you join not to do those sales you join almost like a, a two by two dot net kind of marketing uh, mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, yeah yeah you do it because when you get to a different position all the cronies under you who are doing sales you're getting a portion of those profits mm. you know what i'm saying so like i was working for about a year and a half to get into this place and i was killing it and i was getting Damn. to this place and i'm running the office uh, basically in riverside i'm doing hiring firing i'm doing like morning meetings uh and i didn't know you calls. got up to that level i was i was so far in that level that it was time for me to get promoted to manager myself so we were opening my office in arizona i was gonna move to you arizona. were gonna leave the state i had a going away party <gasps> they got me a cake i literally oh. was getting promoted and and ombu black no ops idea. Ombu Black Ops, which is the first performance yeah. of Kinja's ever at Vibe, Vibe was yeah. my going away performance. I didn't even know that. So that whole thing came together because I was quitting dance formally, like leaving the scene. Wow. And I hit up Mike and I'm like, yo, Mike, dude, like I'm I'm going to move to Arizona for this job. And he already knew all this stuff. And I was like, so I, I want to do one last dance thing. So we that show it. might not have even been close to what it ended up being had you not been no, about it, to leave. Everything was very like last hoorah kind of like attitude. Ooh. That's why when we got there, like in our show, if you watch this first show of Kinja's, like I love that show. We're literally by the way. we're drinking on stage with all of our college roomies that you lived with. Yeah, I was, it was just I was about there too. yeah, it was about getting people to just come out and just have a good time together. Um, we were dancing to Cause I Got High, and we even asked Jason Park, we're like, can we smoke weed on stage? And he was like, dude, that's too far. That's a fire hat. So that's why we just danced because I got high. <laughs> we were like jacking off in that routine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're doing I everything as show, if it's dude. a last hurrah. Yeah. Um, because that was me hanging up my shoes. And wow. I hit up Mike too. When I asked him, I was like, yo, you know, this is my last dance thing. Like, will you do it? He like he was killing it. He was booking everything. He yeah. was like traveling everything. He was gone, dude. But that he was like, was all right, for that month of January, as we get ready off. for it, he's like, I won't do any gigs. Whew. Ooh, that's you know a saying? big yeah. that's a big thing to do because business was never booming as hard as it was that exactly time. <laughs> so so that was for real like a going away thing yeah and then uh that was in january like 
January 28th or January 31st, 2010. And um, we finished that thing. We get a, we get a standing ovation, obviously, Dude, that show. is like one of the... I, that's top I one performance in my life. Show. Hands down. It doesn't matter yeah. where anything else goes yeah. in life. That's still number one. Um, and then that week, I go back into Riverside. I go back to my job. I'm getting ready. This is like maybe like my last month uh-huh. in that office. I'm supposed to... Be, I'm already looking for uh, apartments. I found an apartment out in Arizona. The whole thing, right? That week, it was a Thursday, and I, for some reason, I should have saw this coming, but maybe I was just already too, like, like in the momentum of, like, I'm moving forward, you know? This is, like, where I'm going to go with shit. Um, that week on Thursday, for whatever bullshit reason, uh, the office and the team wasn't ready for me to leave, so they had to hold me back, right? Her, my manager, Hold you back as in it's just getting postponed, or hold you back like you cannot be promoted? Both. Oh, both. It was just an indefinite, like, oh, like, uh, you know, everything's so not So it's a boner killer, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. But what it really came down to, again, like I said, just a little bit ago, I was basically running that office. So yeah. what really would happen is if I would leave, just like in Anaheim when my, my manager got promoted, right? When she got promoted, her whole team, including myself, we all left there. And you go with your team. The people oh, you bring in and you yeah, train yeah, and you yeah. hire your right. team, right? So you leave with your team. At that point, she was no longer working and going in the field because I was doing everything. Yeah. So she didn't really have a team, which meant that, like, if I were to move to Arizona, I would be taking the whole so office So she would with lose me. everyone under her, too. Exactly. So she would literally not She'd be, be doing output. Out. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. that's why her and, again, she was, like, in a relationship so they prevented with you. The, the person who was above her mm. that she came from, uh, that our, you know, our team team leader. Yeah. So then, again... So you're being blocked out, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And Damn. that morning, when we got held back, I, was, I still kept my cool with it, and I still did the morning meeting and stuff, but my main assistant manager, my assistant, yeah. who I brought in, who's my number one guy, right-hand man, his name is Derek, we lived together in Riverside. We moved from Anaheim and lived together. We, like, started this journey, and, we're, you know, all these promises of, like, growth and stuff, and we got held back again. That day, we quit. We just walked out. You just cold left. Yeah, just cold left. We were like, you know, f this, like it's over, and we just left it. And I remember driving home from that Riverside office, and I remember I called my sister, uh, cause I didn't know, who, I didn't know who else to hit up, and I remember just crying on the phone as if I had like failed something, because there was no plan. There was no, there's no severance. There's no two weeks. No, there's no other career change or yeah, right, plan. Right, right. It was just like a feeling of being held back, failing or losing something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that in combination with the emotions that I had four days prior at Vibe, where I had the greatest peak and experience and emotion ever in the history of my entire dance relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I was leaving that. I was like, let me go deny this thing that brought me absolute happiness. Let me just walk away and put my hang my shoes up, even though it brought me so much identity and confidence and joy and belonging. Yeah. Let me hang that up. Let me go do this thing that I absolutely hate just because I'm decent at it. Get held Damn. back. You know what I mean? Uh, and then just, I remember like hitting her up and she was, she was like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Cause I, I thought all the other stupid Asian boy pressures, you know, or anybody in general, it's like, I failed. It's been like two years since college. I got nothing for myself. I don't have much saved up. I'm living in Riverside and I got to just move back home. Like where I don't have anywhere at home to go. I got to go to my parents. You know what I mean? Everything just felt like, I'm sure too at this time, like jumping back into dance full time seemed completely like unattainable, huh? Wasn't wasn't even in the books. Yeah. Actually, I think 
because um, everything was moving so fast. And this was 2009 yeah. for me. Um, so then I ended up getting uh, I ended up getting a job from one of my best friends, Sean, who was running yeah. a flow route, which was an internet telephony company, kind of like Vonage back in the day, using like <laughs> voice over IP yeah, yeah, internet yeah. for phone calls. So he knows my situation. He just hooks me up with a job. Of course, I'm not trained. Of course, I'm not skilled. He just hooks me up with a job. Good friend, man. He trains me. I like worked there for like only a month or something like that. And then I get recruited by my boy Alex at Collusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a clothing company. Right, right. right? So I get recruited to do, because he's like, I heard you did sales. And and I was like, yeah, pretty good at sales. He's like, I need somebody to come do sales. I ended up transitioning over there and then doing sales and marketing. But that's how I got back connected to the dance world because Calusa was, so was so big. Because was so linked into dance, yeah. Calusa so, was like the zeitgeist of <coughs> dance apparel, it like was. dance team fashion. You can see that entire era that Calusa mm-hmm. had. It's like, you know, hold yeah. on the entire dance world. You're branding everywhere, every event, every whatever. You right. Know? And so that's what got me back into the dance realm because I ended up being the point of marketing and then seeding out all this clothing. That's very smart that you were the one doing that because you already have the trust of like all of the dance. There, there was community. this hilarious moment actually um, because I ended up started to do a lot of the marketing um, and Kyle Deneen was also doing it at that time when I yeah. first came in. Um, but there was one funny mess up I remember that happened because it was ABDC season five during that era. Right. And uh, um, our the collusive art director at the time who was doing a lot of the designs was Josh Ulep, whose brother of um, Hazmat. Hazmat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <clears throat> uh, so. Uh, oh, no, no. The, the new con is the brother of Josh. Right. Hazmat. So then uh, Josh is on ABDC. Right. And Hype Five-O. As Hype Five-O. And they're competing with Poriotics. Mm-hmm. And then. Well, Way better than Poriotics, yeah. <laughs> well, what had happened is we had brought a box of Clusive merch uh-huh. for Hype Five-O. <coughs> Excuse me. In some sort of confusion, Poriotics thought the box was for them. <laughs> so for the whole rest of the season, Poriotics has all this Clusive gear <laughs> that was not ever meant for what? them. But they got it. I didn't know that. And That's so funny. they're just hella rapid. <laughs> And we had to get a. And again, this is before I was doing all the marketing and stuff like that too. So, I, but that's kind of a great mistake because they end up being the winners, right? Yeah, no, it was wonderful. <laughs> Ken, you know what I'm talking about? Do, do, you, do you know this story? You just jacked the whole box. I don't know how we got the shirts, but we did. Oh man! But that was just literally how far yeah. one collusive was in the dance world, and then two, like, like ironically, after all that sales and stuff like that, I come back and now I'm in this position. Because I'm like, <laughs> I know people or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So just, just it wasn't even about coming back to dance for me. Yeah, I just started being surrounded by it again through life. And then it wasn't until 2011 when I got laid off. But not because like the company, it, it, there's a lot of business complex sometimes. And um, for the sake of the company, everything was amicable. But I did have to get laid off in order for things to like not bring a certain type of liability to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember... Uh, it's 2011. Uh, the time in which I got laid off was also the time in which me and my longtime girlfriend at that time broke up. And I was living with her in Hollywood, you know. Um, and then, so I'm laid off, jobless, heartbroken from like who I thought I was going to marry and then had to like move out of that apartment. So I moved back home in Puerto Park that, to my parents. That is what you call a high value man. I was fucking <laughs> miserable. I was like, this is like my lowest probably point ever. You know what I'm saying? In my entire life. Because you just felt so broken. You know, this is now like 
multiple years after graduating college. It's and- crazy that I'm rapidly passing you throughout this whole time and i don't even know that you're that like busted dude i didn't know you're that much of an introvert nerd when you were living alone, but, <laughs> yeah man totally but um i remember uh and this is the time where back then there was not even linkedin back then so if you wanted to apply for jobs and stuff like that you were going on things like monster.com or whatever mm, you know what i'm talking mm, about like like yeah literally you're looking for jobs you have to submit resumes all the time yeah and there was something it's almost so, like a casting site yeah it was there was something so demoralizing for me personally like trying to re-put my resume together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like years after you graduate and just feeling like, and, and again, maybe this, I also have my closest friends around me at that time, people like Victor, people like Mike, yeah. who were excelling at things at, in, in ways that that industry had never seen before Yeah. and chasing passions in a career that like was so. Oh yeah, people were making it happen. Yeah, they were yeah. making it happen. So I felt so inadequate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I felt really like there was a lot of things that maybe I didn't ever really give give myself a chance to process, but emotionally, for real, I was like low, right? So I remember thinking to myself, there were these periods of times where I put hours into like, it's so depressing to sit there and just submit (laughs) your fucking resume to read this job listing, submit, read this. And you're just doing that like fishing, but like shittier. Um, There were even a couple of times I went on interviews for different places and I do do fully remember one time I sat in an interview and, you know, standard typical yeah. interview questions like, you know, why do you want to like work here? And I froze because it was so hard for me to lie at that point. In sales, I was, it's I was like really a dad's good at movie. You're like, you know what? I don't want to work here. That was my heart. <laughs> my heart was like, Dance I out of the room. <laughs> don't want to work here. So instead, I, was, I remember looking, I, I freeze and I was just looking at this lady because my heart wanted to just be like, I don't want to, but I know I'm supposed to say something else but I can't bring myself to say it. And now this is getting awkward. It was just fucking weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, that was just a, a just a huge that's the moment. Yeah. And so I go home, failed again, and I'm doing my daily routine. I'm like, I have to, you know, here's my hustle. I have to look up different job listings. And I remember when I would be so at the lowest point and, and hating that, the only thing that gave me some sort of salvation was freestyling, was just mm. dancing. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to fucking not do this right now and I'll play some music and get down and for me a lot of it was also choreographing right Mm -hmm. because for some like I just felt like if I choreograph me putting sequences together like no one could judge that and take that away from me it was like the only thing I had yeah Yeah, you know what I'm saying like no matter how much somebody judges my resume no matter if I get laid off because I wasn't good enough here if I didn't do a good job here it also never needs to be up for judgment exactly which is the best it was just the only thing that I Mm -hmm. could create and then like hold on to yeah right so like i would just suddenly start pouring hours into that and i would have these routines but i would be broke so yeah. i would slowly hit up random people in between my like looking for like jobs mm-hmm. i would hit up random people like, hey i um i'm still around i, I still exist Can yeah I, like come <laughs> teach at your studio right. can i do something and I remember getting like 20 bucks for a workshop and thinking like, yes, oh I can like buy like Boba bucks. this week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can do something. I remember <laughs> when I got a, offered a job in Culver City's Your Neighborhood Studio, it was 20 bucks per class and it was once a week. And I would drive from Buena Park to Culver City, which is like gas money alone is like the whole Jeez, thing. Yeah. But I was like, if I do this, I can make 80 bucks a month. I can pay for bucks, my cell dude. phone. What, so just for perspective, what's the highest you've been paid for a workshop at, for the same amount of time? The highest you've been paid, like ever in life. Ever in life, Ooh. just to scale for people, what twenty bucks is in comparison to this? Maybe like 
$3,000. Jesus Christ. For like a, a, like a 90 minute workshop. Jeez. <laughs> 3,000 <laughs> yeah. versus 20 bucks. Man. Yeah, those, those are the For best. the same amount of time. It, it, it's just a, it's a totally different scale. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but at that time, right. $20 was everything to me. And I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. more important, right? The mentality of it. You know what I Even mean? Even just in the hopes that that might lead to another 20 bucks next week. And that's you all know? it was. And, and yeah. there was word of mouth. People would be like, yo, Anthony's still dancing, apparently. <laughs> it's, and then people were probably like, yo, like we can get him for 20 bucks. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Um, but that's all I had. I, that, that's, you know, and I remember. Like, that's a after, great flyer for your workshop, by the way. Anthony's still dancing, apparently. Yeah. $20. <laughs> but I do remember when I made maybe like 100 bucks in like a two-week period because of different spots. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, maybe there's a, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> and my, one of my most pivotal, pivotal conversations of all time for my dance career was when I looked at Mike's song and I asked him, and I was like, yo, man, like honest homie to homie, like, do you think that I can like, if I tried to do this dance thing? Because again, he, like this was a very first era in which people started doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, 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 yeah. it was yeah. just a new thing. And I was like, right. I was looking at my There's boy There's nobody Mike to learn it. from. There's no failures to yeah. learn from. It's just this. And Mike was killing it. You know? He was so killing I was it, like, yeah. I was like, yo, dude, like, do you think I could do this? And without hesitation, he's like, yeah. And I was like, Oh. And that's not like homie to homie. That's like he's being real. Yeah. And then uh, he looked at me. He's like, do you know that you've already gotten more dance opportunities in life than so many people who like move from other countries to L.A. who try? That's a like, good point. That's their entire yeah. goal. And that's still the case for, for a lot of people. Totally. Yeah, that's and true. I like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. That's a good point. And yeah, I was it like, is. Yeah. And then the most the second most important question I asked, you know, I'm like, will you help me? And he's like, yeah, no hesitation. How did he help you? Number one, I think just having somebody say that they would help you is is like not so he never did anything. Yeah, he never did it. <laughs> he just said fuck it. myself. No. <laughs> um, one of the my first time truly traveling internationally for dance was when he brought me as an assistant to Croatia. He didn't need to. Whoa. He would have made more money if he didn't. He'd already been going out to countries by himself, but definitely he. This was his first time going with his promoter, so yeah. there was a comfort in having a friend. Because like, yeah. At the same time, this was also an era where like you didn't know who the wrong promoters were. You didn't you know no who the yeah. bad And everybody was were. trying to be a promoter. Exactly. Out of nothing. Like, and people just... were getting left in the dust out yeah, there too. Yeah, people yeah. were getting fucking conned or like jacked and bad all that stuff. Bad jobs so, here and there. You know, yeah. so at, anytime somebody was working with like a new promoter in that area, era, there was something to being like, you know, bring my bring my manager with me, bring my assistant with me or something, mm -hmm. you know, just in case the worst happens, you know? So he, he was willing to bring me. I was super chubby. We got photos from this time. Um, <laughs> but he brings me out to Croatia and I'm a <laughs> assisting him and i got this taste imagine he's like all right y'all want to see what it looks like if you're fat all right go ahead anthony <laughs> <laughs> that's all he brought you for <laughs> yeah i would have still done it but, um but that was like you know when you give somebody a taste yeah and i'm not i'm not a real taste you know what i'm talking about like, yeah you're in another country people save up their like croatia <laughs> yeah they save up forever to try and be able to travel somewhere i'm there on somebody else's dime yeah an right. opportunity and name at that point for me yeah. personally. And I just get to experience it and do what? A little bit of dancing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You go to you go on a trip like that. You're there for like four days, but you teach what? Maybe two, three classes, an hour and a half per class. You're really actually working like four to five hours total. Yeah, total, total work. Yeah. You know what it's I'm saying? And the rest is like what vacation for for a bit you know sit on a panel and do a q a like it was oh yeah you're talking about like all the free and easy days that you yeah get? it's yeah. just like 
because they also I'm want like, you to have a good work? experience, which is cool. Yeah, you know, like, oh. and then it's like you're making the same amount of money in literally a weekend that I was making in two weeks to a month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. doing what you love. So I, I think mm-hmm. once you get firsthand experience, because remember those first few years too. Like I'm, I'm sure for you as well. When you're traveling, teaching, performing, whatever it was you were doing, weren't people still perplexed? Like, so you get to go to this country and just dance? Oh yeah, and it's like, and so they. They pay for your flight. Yeah. And they pay for your hotel. All of it seems so weird. And they pay for your food. And you get money. I was also asking myself that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was such a weird I was like, concept. What's, what's the catch? Every time you go, you're like, what's the catch? Here? Exactly. What's but that, happen that was just what it was. People yeah. literally desired what you had to give them and they would pay you top dollar for it. And like, the second I got that actual taste to know it was real, phew, you know, it was it was like it was like me joining that sales job. Once I saw somebody else do a sale, I didn't give a fuck what it was. I was on the first team to sh- to push makeup because I because I had so much ego that I was like, fuck it, nobody else is gonna do it. I'll do it and I'll do wow. it than everybody in this office. So I was there was a point where I was going business to business selling makeup just to prove a point to my team. What was your what was your opening line? Tired of looking ugly? I was like, damn, you're fucking fine. You want to look finer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I have no idea what it was, but you know, it's just like. It was just that kind of like mentality, and yeah. again for me that attitude that I had, and then I saw somebody do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I, was, I knew it was attainable. Right. And like that changed everything. I mean, that's probably like ninety percent of it to me is just seeing how it can be done. And that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And and you know, like well, I think we were privileged to live in that era where it wasn't Super, done before us, so yeah. we got maybe a bunch of first times. The ignorance was a major privilege. We just went head first into everything without yeah. any doubts or like you just did it. Yeah, I was I was I was teaching a workshop at UCLA like this past weekend, right? And yeah. there was a Q and A after, and then one of the questions, you know, super. I remember these questions all the time, being a kid too. And one of the questions is like, how do you like find your own style? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, th- there's no like 100 correct right answer to this. I think everybody has their own answer. Right. But I remember having to think about it and being like, you know, um, the time in which I grew up uh, learning dance and stuff, like we didn't have. YouTube, IG, TikTok, anything like that, right? Yeah. There was nothing in abundance. There were only like the minuscule moments that you got something by going to like a jam or going to like a club. Right. Asking like an OG that you maybe saw in one clip through like Napster or something like that. They give you one tip and that's it. And then you that's take that living tip for like on that. three months. Yeah. You're living you know on that I mean? tip. Yeah. But I was like, but there was something about that time for all of us as creators. Because if you didn't get influenced by the overabundance of content or you weren't taking a bunch of class, all you were doing was doing the things that you had and then trying to evolve that. And yeah. it would eventually kind of harden something about you. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and I like to say this still, like during that era, there's way less dancers, but way more artists and creators. Mm-hmm. And today, everybody knows how to dance. But like there's very, very few innovators in the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything hard. is a natural kind of like regurgitation of everything that has been yeah. created or like they've put into their body or whatever it's, you know? it seems like it's so hard to be an innovator because you have such an overload of data back in the day some people innovated things just because they didn't know it already existed exactly. and they took a road and they just kept going because they didn't know someone else was taking that same road and then they met in the middle and went oh you do that too and they're both proficient in different like ways but now it's like you could stop yourself every turn just going oh someone's doing that already yeah you know, i mean it's kind I of like, like uh, i was never in dance classes like my first for real like kind of foray going into dance classes was when I was already getting invited to dance camps to teach Mm -hmm. and I felt like a jerk for being on that lineup and then like we're already there like why would I not take this person's (laughs) class who just took mine 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, like other yeah. choreographers yeah, yeah, on the yeah. line. Taking I'm like, each other's I'm like, classes. I'm stuck yeah. in Sweden right now and there's nothing to do because it's snowing outside. <laughs> yeah. But be at these workshops. Like, why would I not just jump in this person's class, even if I'm gonna look like a fool? But yeah, if I'm gonna yeah. look like a fool, I might as well do it like across the world and back in my home turf. That's true. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like that was me finally going into dance classes because it, you just did your own thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You did it long enough until you got good at something and you bunked up with people who kinda did similar stuff. Yeah. Period. In the so in the future, like skipping over a little bit, when you started coming to JK as a not JK News, but when you started doing skits and stuff, yeah, and then you ended up on the news. Did you ever want to like be a host on JK News? Did you ever think like, oh, oh my god, this no. is somewhere I want to be long term? Never, never. I was um, not because it wasn't cool. It was like. <laughs> What's it like? It's like um, because your first skit with them was what two thousand like, like twelve. Dang, yeah. Yeah, it was after the Six Six tour, and then it was like that following year, two thousand twelve. And that's the Yakuza thing. Was that the first skit? No, that's no, like the... that was like the the third or fourth or something. Oh, like that. okay. Yeah, I did I did random stuff with them. <laughs> I did I was in a skit. I did a couple a few skits with Lawrence Cal. They always made us super gay in it. <laughs> Someone's got to be gay, right? Um, I did a skit with them in 2009 or 10. Damn. Like super early yeah. or something like that. It was like, or maybe it was 11, but it was a, I think they took it off because it, I think it got some flack. It was of like course, a, yeah. Yeah. it was a skit about suicide and how you like, you like take a pill and it makes you laugh and then die. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, it was like me and Steve were in it, I think, and, and Fang. <laughs> and then, and then I remember meeting them that day and I think I might've even met you that day. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a uh, that era was really really just fun because I feel like I was already doing things on YouTube. I was putting myself out on YouTube, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah, all yeah, dance yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. And like when people like stumble upon my my choreography or whatever and they don't hear me talk or don't know anything yeah, about yeah. me, like my dance choices are very uh I guess <clears throat> for for lack of better terms or how would you describe my dance choreography like just blatantly just looking at my dancing if you didn't know anything about me you're just like looking at my style of movement and choices i would say very interesting details in the choices and the songs are always usually like what like my a favorite deeper, thing, a little yeah. little my favorite thing about your choreo is that you choose to do something that i think from a dancer's perspective is the least expected thing Oh, on shit. small moments. Oh yeah, yeah. I like rather that. like because my fucking idiot brain always wants to do everything big, and then once I saw your guys' stuff, how you put a lot of focus on these like little pictures, I I can't think that way, so I appreciate it. Yeah. So like that, uh, I think it's very, it's uh, very contradictory to like my natural personality. You know what I mean? Like mm. sometimes like when people meet me, they would never expect that my personality the way i speak is the way that like that creator of moves because like you know it's like more subtle it's more like yeah you know um ethereal a little uh-huh. bit more deep and like quiet and reserved right i'm not yeah, doing yeah, like, banger yeah. music. sometimes it's like really just soft spoken stuff right so like that's my way to express myself you know what i mean in, in just that way ways mm-hmm. that i don't have regular words to so when i was in jk film stuff and i was already on youtube in different ways i was even doing wong fu stuff from time to time yeah I just felt so blessed to have a different outlet publicly, so to speak, to like have fun yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of the camera than my normal shit. 
Because mm-hmm. my normal shit, like, again, I naturally just choreographed like that or whatever, you know? Um, and then JK Films comes around, and then suddenly we're just doing these skits. And they're like, hey, we need some gay guys. <laughs> what are you doing Friday? It's funny because I give them shit for it, but obviously, of course, they're not writing, like, hella gay scripts or anything like that. Because, like, they're, like, they're like so anti-gay that they're, like, homophobes for a little bit at that time. They're such gangsters, right? Which, of course... It's more so because dancers are so in tune. Like we're we're constantly yeah, like in, right. We're you know what I mean. Like we're daily, just doing yeah. stuff all the time. So, and it's it's especially for dudes in like predominantly guy groups. It's like of yeah. course we're gonna just be comfortable. So sure. When me and Lawrence are coming on a set for them, they're probably thinking like dance schools are hella gay. When really we're just like super comfortable. <laughs> it's with like each being other. in all boys summer camp for like yeah. perpetual years. Yeah, but like that <laughs> shit was just so fun. And when news came around and we got yeah. to just sit there and talk, the funny thing is that. I feel like when I first came on the news, everyone's just such a fucking comedian. Was that like 2000? When was it? 2012, 2013. I remember when I first saw you on the, on JK News. Cause I used to watch JK News a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like since they started it, like the debut of it. Uh-huh. And then I saw you on there and I was like, dude, that's fucking tight. I thought you were really good. Oh, yeah? So I was like, oh, he's so cool. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> I feel like when I was a guest versus now being a host. Yeah. Very, very opposite experience. Like, <laughs> very opposite. Not just the work that I do, but even just the personality that I have. Yeah. Because back then, I was so rarely on yeah. that when I came on, I feel like it was like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not a matter of like being yourself or not, but like my voice was the most. Um, uh, grounded in the room It wasn't like jokes Because you know I didn't know I was just coming on and I was just literally right. Speaking my mind On a topic Yeah 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 You know what I'm saying But then once you become A regular and stuff like that uh, You're not always Trying to get your point Across about sure, stuff Sure yeah It's not so important to, Yeah you yeah. know what I mean You just right. talk about whatever right and then like it was like i was i was regular for like this blip of a second before becoming a host Mm. (laughs) just because of the time of that yeah yeah yeah. i I remember distinctly like the first time i came on as a guest i i misunderstood like i was so worried that i wouldn't have anything good to say or like there's some episodes i didn't like one episode they did i think one of the first ones ever when i came on here they were like all right so we're going to talk about game of thrones in the recent episode i was like i'd never seen one episode of game of thrones i spent the whole episode just going yeah and you think about it too right when you're like a first i remember like yeah you're like like third time it's so mental yeah i remember my because the first couple times i would be a guest i remember coming home and just being like yo i think i did a good job i was like talking (laughs) you know what i'm saying like you just want to contribute yeah yeah, yeah. at the end of the day this is like a big youtube channel and And you don't want to interrupt anybody too because you don't understand that like the pockets you're just kind of like and then i do remember it was like my third time or something coming on and like there would just be a couple articles that are like sometimes you just don't know what to say or you don't have something to say the flow is just going a certain way right and you're like whoa and you don't know that that's okay either yeah it's like 15 minutes went by i didn't say anything i did a bad job yeah you know what i'm saying like, guilty, i did yeah. a bad job so it's like there was <laughs> they will totally, never ask me to come back <laughs> there's a totally different dynamic yeah, back yeah, yeah. Then when you're just like a guest and it's know? all in here like it really totally. is yeah that's funny but then like you know being a regular and then like also also when you're 
in the guest seat, which of course we're still there because yeah. of the host. But when you're sitting at that table, it's like the energy of the room co- goes to you. Totally. Everybody sitting on the side is looking. That's like when you told Jason Cheney, like, "Hey, sit on that side, and it'll feel way different." Right? And it's completely different. It's so different. Yeah, it's it, like you it know, is. It just feels more relaxing and stuff like that. But it is. It is refreshing now. Yeah. To be on the other side, and uh, you know, sometimes because guests will say, even Jason Cheney said that, that uh, one time recently when when they don't kind of contribute, and they're like, "Oh, like, I don't know, I I didn't, I didn't, was that okay?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, dude, it's okay. I like, forget that people will still be thinking that because it thought is, that. yeah, 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 you everybody, I mean? yeah, always. But it's it is you know like uh, especially now, like Gio had mentioned it too, like the flow is so. Especially the Careful Boys era, yeah, it's attitude na- it's very era. natural. Like, we have a pocket now because we, I think we went through a lot of ups and downs together and like testing certain things and you know, yeah. us being able to take like trips and and just kind of like spend some time developing some sort of chemistry right you know specifically and even our initiatives to like request like uh sessions where there are no guests sometimes yeah yeah, yeah straight yeah, up yeah. To just be like hey just to build of, the dynamic yeah. yeah it's kind of good to not have mm-hmm. like new energy all the time and just right because like, you, have to, you yeah. have to accommodate yeah yeah and like now you know we've gotten our our, our energy to a certain place with the attitude era and the careful boys that even geo comes in she's like i don't even want to disrupt <laughs> i know i was I, like i can't believe geo's saying that's, that. that's crazy it's yeah. geo you know what i'm saying because like, she is technically the dynamic yeah like, that's the yeah but the I mean, framework I, I find a sense of um i would totally say pride because i feel like we put in energy we you know yeah, when you yeah, put yeah. work you actually try yeah for and sure things happen it, you know yeah those are like eight to ten hour days shit, you know <laughs> we got a fucking podcast trying to go on right now because we're like putting in energy and, yeah, yeah yeah and that's a cool thing when you come in as a guest like you you want to put in your personal energy in hopes that you're doing you're doing a good job right and i think now just like the risk i can feel it from you too just the responsibility even as hosts knowing that we're a formal part of this team and this family yeah that like, we want to try really hard it's not even trying yeah. hard for ourselves anymore we just want the the whole thing to work and, and the legacy well. like yeah. to uphold it it's been around so freaking long and like, we've just been a part of it in some way even if for like fractions at a time like we've yeah. been a part of this journey for over a decade yeah like you've you know? shown up yeah, yeah. Like that one, there's that one time you and Steve were arguing about who's been here the locket <laughs> <laughs> so like just for context a lot of people don't understand that like making fun of anthony the reason it's funny is because he's so cool everywhere freaking else that you should have at least one place where you get to play the other role like you can't be cool everywhere <laughs> He doesn't even know what to say to that <laughs> because it's like that's to, to me that's why it's funny is because it's ironic it's like Channing Tatum in 21 Jump Street where everyone's ripping on him it's like and then he's playing that role up because it's, it's like different. he's, he's like, so he's, sexy and he's cool he's obviously so sexy and cool and he's like <laughs> trying to be nerdy because he's sexy and cool you don't find yourself obviously sexy and cool shut the fuck up we're not even talking about this anymore there's way better things to talk about on this podcast no but like I think it's a fun thing to um like Steve loves to play up on on uh, comments he when people go oh man they're beefing like they don't like each other steve will always agree with them in comments i don't know if you've ever seen it <laughs> of course but I his have. his next comment will be like yeah i hate that guy no i don't hate that guy i just hate all steve dancers he doesn't come on to social media unless he's <laughs> fucking talking about like a high from like yeah. Wu or kuji or something like that and trying to fucking <laughs> rub it in people's faces or to talk shit on me like yeah. <laughs> literally his only time he comes out of the social media cave like the very first time we were all in Vegas and we were filming that skit and like without being scripted at all, he walks out and dumps all the Kinja Bang noodles into a trash can. I was like, what is this? Would I have thought that, that was going to propel this like new brand identity yeah. for me on this fucking show? Like, no. You're but. his favorite straight man, as he likes to put it. So dumb. I know. But that's like something I remember thinking, oh, that's pretty funny. When I came in and I noticed 
like that you were getting dumped on. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny because it is ironic. And then I remembered I was looking for old videos and I went back several clips and I found like an old, old video where you were a guest and they were still doing that to you. <laughs> oh, like that's where it started. It was basically the first time. Um, this is this is the, the fucking infamous clip, by the way. Uh, I think the topic is about... Uh, it was like about like fans, right? Uh -huh. And like everybody's talking about how like you know fans run them on the street, like fan etiquette sometimes. Yeah, like, can yeah, we yeah. take a photo and just being awkward or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I'm like fine. It's probably one of those times where I'm like, oh, I, I think I have a story to contribute to this. Oh, yeah, and I'm yeah, talking yeah. about like my situation where like one time right over here on Garvey, like somebody like comes out, blah blah, blah and then Bart out of nowhere is like, but you guys didn't even win though, right? And it's like it was for sure funny, but David's so like he's so fucking. He's just so much. <laughs> yeah, so his he, last name he is comes so. at a large quantity. Yeah, um, so, and he just jumps. He runs up to the camera. He's like, ah, like it was the biggest roast ever, right? And it was a good roast, but he definitely magnified it. And then from there, it just was on every comment. Yeah, it was on every new Kendra's YouTube video, every Instagram post, every one of my new posts and stuff like that. And it just like went super far, but. It, it went so far to the point where like fans would come up yeah. and just kind of talk junk to me. But, you know, again, I have a thick enough skin where it's like, okay, like I'm logical and practical. Like I know where this came from, so I can't be pissed off about it. But at the same time, it's like when it's everywhere, you're kind of like, <sighs> yeah, I know we, <laughs> you know we talked I mean? about that before, about how like it's funny in the circle, but when people out of context or outside of it just think like, oh, here's Anthony. He loves like hearing this type of shit. Let me just go ahead and tell him fuck Kinjas yeah. <laughs> at the airport. Yeah, so like people it's... people are randomly, you know what I mean? It's, and It's so it's, out of place. It is yeah. funny, but then when you got like other crewmates, you know what I mean? Being like, hey, yo, why this person come on here and be like, fuck Kinjas? Like, who's this? And I have to be like, no, <laughs> That's uh, they're true, not. because there are 80 Kinjas. Like, yeah, someone's like, going to be upset. Not, they're not actually hating. It's an inside joke from JK. And they're talking <laughs> shit to me. You know, you just having to explain the context of a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. when it gets a little bit like, oh. Uh, it's yeah and it's hard that's a joke that's hard to explain the context honestly yeah because it's so based on the moment that like they're not gonna start laughing because you explained it like yeah, it's not and, funny still and i'm me uh, but i'm not fucking every kinder right so if another kinder's like <laughs> yeah who the fuck is this right you know what i mean and, but it, it becomes a stupid thing where i'm just constantly explaining why people are saying fuck kinder <laughs> that's really tough yeah yeah and it's like all right maybe we should just slow the brakes on this otherwise i'm not gonna do this in my fucking late 30s you know what i mean like can everybody chill out <laughs> yeah it's bad when it becomes like a bumper sticker outside of the room like that's yeah. not the intent the tent of it at all but but you, you know how it is i mean sometimes it gets sometimes it gets heated in yeah here, you know it'll, get, I mean? it'll heat up like, yeah it's like it's such a it's such a funny thing to just like dunk on that like you'll try to explain something you'll try to get into like a topic and seriously <laughs> say something but then Steve's like oh there's a good joke that's gonna come out of this it's and, hard to like it's too tempting yeah. yeah so so there's even moments you know uh, in JK where it's like the camera's off it's like yo shut the fuck up you know what I mean. <laughs> And we'll have like many little arguments about it because it just goes so far. Yeah. But it's not because that moment is so far. It's because of what you know is residually going to happen. Right. Like in that moment, if somebody yeah. says something like dickish, I'm not thinking like, man, that's so fucked up. I'm hearing that dickishness and being like, this is going to come for the next 10 months in comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And right. that's what makes it so much more like, oh, I hope the fans are idiots. Also, does it, context. does it feel like, are you tired of it a little because it's predictable? 
Are you a little bit like, because once you hear it, you know it's going to go on for like. I'm only, okay, I, I submit myself, I am fucking a servant to this news platform that is yeah. just kidding news. Right. I understand. <laughs> and nobody, like, I, I'll, I'll throw it out when I can too. Again, I'm not a comedian. I don't have like comedy in my IG, like Steve Green comedy. It's not my fucking thing, you know, but, um, but like a good joke is a good joke. Yeah, I will never yeah, yeah. not laugh at a good joke. Right, right. It only gets it only gets a lot to me when it's like you could tell that the energy in the room is like it's easy fallback. So it's like when when somebody when, when there's nothing yeah, to say, I, so I you're just that, looking yeah. for something funny, and it's not even contextual, but you're just gonna dunk on it. Which is why Steve is so not clever because like when he has <laughs> nothing to say, he's like, oh, it's just from a dancer. That's his fallback. You can tell anytime he says that he's been drinking too much because I'm out drinking him, and because he doesn't have anything better to say in that moment. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Right. And then that's what translates. But his classics, man. He him, every time he says shoe cobbler. Yeah, he'll <laughs> no matter what. So no matter funny, what, dude. Steve's the goat on that shit. Like I will, I will internally. I'm dying every time. It's he's, hard because that dude's he's such me. a freaking pro that you can't even like. He's yeah. The way the way Steve fucking can throw out shit. I'm dying on the inside so much. And then there's this part of my <laughs> like maybe my dancer exoskeleton <laughs> yeah. that's like trying to be all tough and stuff still. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because like, if I crack up, that also just means I got owned. Owned. Yeah. It's so hard not but to. It, yeah. But it's like, dude, the guy. This is like his skill. Like he's What's in like his improv. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like right. there's no way people in the fans are like, yo, Anthony should clap back. I'm like. Put on a put on a hip hop song and let's dance battle. Maybe you know what I mean. Clap like, back I'm, how? I'm yeah. not in my element. This guy's a pro. You know, yeah, it's funny, man. Yeah. So it's, it's it's just funny. But Steve, uh, again, on a long form segment, mm. I fucking love Steve. Like, yeah, I, me and Nina sleep at his house. Him and Nikki, <laughs> like he's me and him. He's been helping me with the crypto journey since like you know over a year ago. Like we. <laughs> We know each other like in ways that like we've never gotten a chance to share on right. this show. You know I think what I'm that's saying? why he loves playing it up because yeah, yeah. it's so not actually true outside of the you yeah, know like he, he doesn't. Can, yeah. I know that if I hit him up for anything, he'll help me out. Or if he hits yeah. me up and needs anything, like I'm there for yeah, him. Yeah, he's know? such a but good that's, dude. That's what makes it funny, uh, just because we and it's it's all our fault we give the fans what we give the fans if we don't give yeah. them the other side they're only going to react to that the fans aren't dumb or anything they just get right. what they get and it's cool that the hardcore fans like understand that it's just a bit but like when you see comments that of people are like yo anthony's really getting bothered and then steve's there to reinforce it yeah that guy can't take a joke but like he just loves playing it up because it's so but far it's, from the actual truth yeah no, it's no. The funny thing is that it's not far from the <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is, I am sitting there getting roasted by an actual comedian, and I don't have much to clap back on. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh man, this guy's really talented at this. Yeah, he is. It's really like, good. when are we gonna be in my forum? When are we gonna be on oh, my, my court? God. Steve? People but, have been asking for that for so long. They're always like, yo, make Anthony like teach a dance to the. But guys. even then, it's not like you're gonna watch these guys dance and be like, ha ha, you suck. I know. You yeah, know I mean? that's not the. <laughs> They're not gonna. They're gonna get credit for it. Yeah, yeah, that's but, true. Which, which would be hilarious, by the way. You know, getting getting these motherfuckers up. They they can't. They got like two left feet. You know what I'm saying? Like Bart being so buff, like his muscles will move better be, than his like rhythm. Like he just, <laughs> it would just be so funny to get them to dance. But that's not the point. The point is people come. And they want to see our fucking personalities yeah, flare yeah, on the yeah. show. And that's one of that's just interesting that that's one of the manifestations that I would have never known because as a guest, as a guest, right, it was it was very, very few and far in between. And yeah. because I was here so like not frequently, like there was a lot of respect 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying it's disrespect now, but there was a lot of just like, you know, you oh, yeah, 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 you're not yeah, going to yeah. dunk on a guest hella no, hard. You yeah. want to up them. You want to make them feel good. Right. That's why you they're here. I mean? Yeah. And then now you become a regular and you're like, yeah, this is my family. And then everybody's dunking on you. you know, <laughs> this is fucking funny. dude. I mean, that's how it is. Like, like Nick said about his ears. He's like, they're going to dunk on you no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're, they're, but, but I honestly, I, I, I love this group so yeah, me much. Too. It really is yeah. so dope. I love the whole thing. Like I hated it at first, like not when I came on as a host, but the first time I came on as a guest and I remember I thought it was so fun. And then You're talking I, like two thousand nine? Yeah. Or, like, or two thousand like, early uh, two thousands. Like I think twenty fourteen. Yeah, because the news been, wasn't around until like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, I came on as a guest and uh I was like, That was fun and then I I remember my cousin was like, Hey, don't read the comments and I was like, Why? <laughs> He's like, yo, their audience is mad toxic. And I was like, how do you, how is an audience toxic? They were watching the show. And then I looked at the comments. I was like, every person just was making fun of me. Like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy sucks. Like, I didn't even say anything for most episodes. They'd be like, what a loser. This guy looks like an idiot. Like, everything was, like, so negative. And I was like, what is the point of that? Why would that be a thing? And then over time, like, um, and then Joe had like was explaining it to me later. He was like, "Yeah, um, we went way too long not checking the channel on that, like not cleaning house." Because I remembered um, when I mentioned that now, like, "Oh, the audience is so much better now." And Joe was like, "Yeah, that's not a coincidence. It's like we had to like." it festered for so long this like weird negative vibe with the audience and they operated on that and now like those people are all gone and now the people who weren't talking back then because they didn't want to chime in on that shit are now the people speaking totally i mean you you know like just a little bit ago we were talking about like firsts right like even in our industry like the dance community and stuff like that being like oh we didn't even know that like people were watching these youtube videos that we were sharing right same thing i think I think we were, like, even JK News was submitting itself to an era that people were, like, the keyboard warrior. Yeah, 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 right. This is the generation that that developed. Mm-hmm. The first keyboard warriors That's ever. That's true, the yeah, first yeah. people that ever, like, you know, behind the, the comfort of their username and yeah. a different IP lo- address location, right. you could say anything in your freedom of speech and never be Inconsequential, checked. yeah. Inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody didn't like your thing, it would do nothing to your physical nature. Yeah. So people had this, like just this armor on they, they could say anything you know right, what I mean? right, right, and right, so right. if you did participate in like some sort of online forum like a jk news comment section yeah. and say whatever the fuck you wanted to and not get checked like mm-hmm. like joe said like you know just leaving it and not really checking that entire right. community of course you're gonna have the most toxic yeah. people yeah you know what i mean jk news comments was like fucking league of legends toxic level. you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah like, it was a cod lobby just, People were just going off because they could, and yeah. because it was the nature of the conversation. Sometimes, right, you right, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I but, don't know if yeah. you were in the room when I, I, I think I told the guys this, but I got really like affected. I asked this one dude who I thought was really cool. I was like, oh, he's a creator on like TikTok and stuff, and I was like, oh, this guy's really cool. Like, I, 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 I fuck with stuff and then I asked him like yo would you ever want to like come on to JK and, and then he was like yeah man like I've been a fan of JK forever like that JK is like the goat blah blah, blah. all good things to say and then I followed up with him like a few weeks later and I was like hey he's still down to come on and his tone was like completely different and he was like yeah nah I'm not even I, I can't even be on that shit like it's it's not what it used to be but like like I think he like either someone got to him and like said something or he looked it up and just didn't like what he was seeing 
And then so rather than be like, oh, well, fuck you, then I was like, yo, can we talk? And like, can you just tell me a little bit about why you don't like the channel? And then, because uh, I really wanted to know, like, yeah. what what's behind? Like, when was this? You were this already was, hosting? Uh, yeah, I was already hosting. And, but um, this seemed like a good chance to actually get a good yeah. uh, look on, like, what's wrong with it from his perspective. And then he uh, broke it down, like, for me and was just like, yeah. Um, one of the things was, like, he, he said that JK does not defend when people are talking shit about the guest, which is true. And, um, like, when we have a guest on and nobody knows them, people automatically tend to be like, well, who the fuck is this? This person sucks because they haven't won them over. Yeah. Um, especially if you lead with, like, an article and not an OTR on a person's appearance. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, like, out of nowhere. There's no intro about, Which like, we got to do better on that, by <laughs> yeah. the way. We gotta... Which, yeah. But um, that was one thing. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Another thing, he was like, oh, the opinions aren't different like they used to be. Oh, like, hive-minded, everybody's on the same page with stuff. Yeah, which is like some shit you kind of are on the same page but maybe we don't express enough that we are even though uh or that we aren't i don't know but uh that was one thing that he didn't like and then he was like oh like also there's like some shit that's like borderline like racial or whatever that i was like i that might have been way before my time i haven't experienced anything like that since being here um and uh and yeah and he just completely declined to like fuck with it and it just was like nah but then I mean, like I, I get it I, yeah you know what i mean it's not wrong no yeah know? i was like thank you i'm like i'm glad you you were able to speak your opinion and i wanted to like kind of take that and see if like what we could use from that one of the main things really was the lack of uh presence in in comments too was mm. just like people are allowed to say whatever they want too much not like we should just like no you guys can't say that but like we should still weigh in beyond the video like, yeah. if people are saying something bad about, you know, a, a guest or something, like, the fact that they might go look at the video themselves and go, wow, everyone's just dunking on me, and JK's not here to be like, no, actually, they're cool. Yeah, that is that is a tough thing. I mean, one, we should definitely always throw out new guest OTRs before regular articles. <laughs> That's... <laughs> One, it's not gonna happen. If probably. we could just fucking get <laughs> in order with our production schedule, <laughs> so that it makes sense, because it's a story for people, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. For yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for, for longtime followers and stuff that like are are diligent with like the new uploads, you there is a little bit of chronological order that helps with that, right? Like yeah. I remember when Jesus was on. Uh huh. Oh yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah. Yeah, and all the first comments were like, "I don't yeah. like this guy." Yeah, people just couldn't like they couldn't. Take and then it. by the time the third video comes out, it's yeah. like, "I love this guy." Yeah, and then you people came I mean? around and, and they were like, like, "He's cool." Yeah. It's complicated. Again, everybody in general, like you know, maybe I don't know, maybe maybe the world in general would be a better place with a little bit less judging. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. Everybody's very quick to judge because you never know, and we don't know either too. Sometimes having a guest doesn't guarantee that like everything is going to click you know we're no, also yeah, yeah, sitting yeah. in the room and organically and authentically finding a flow with another human being you right know? right one who is like um in themselves just like we explained when we were guests like there's already a camaraderie here there's already like a, a chemistry and a flow with like yeah five or six other people that know each other and i'm a new guy in the room sitting in the hot seat that's hard yeah you know it's yeah. a very difficult thing so any guest who survives the yeah. session with us is is a feat and right. people need to know that, you know. That's um, what I like. I really like the fact that 
you're just jumping into a uh, grab bag of things where like you don't know who you're gonna get but you can appreciate the differences and that's what i like some people in the comments really do warm up to that and they're like i just like that i never know what it's gonna be yeah and it's not always gonna be the same yeah, which is and that's amazing just the reality of it you know what i mean yeah um i gotta say just because we have this forum uh Mr. Ryanime, what you have been doing with these social media and uh, more than I, I think social media is actually too. Um, it doesn't encapsulate the full thing. I think with the community, I think the JK community truly exists today. It's a good community. Yeah, yeah, because of like what you're also doing with the social media. You know, I remember when at first it was like it was before you were starting to jump on social media where I was looking at Joe and Bart and I was like, why? Why aren't we posting anything on our social media? It's like we, we don't like we have all these this content we're creating on the daily and the last JK news Instagram video you have is from like the old era of stuff. Things, oh yeah. Haven't been posted for months. And right. I'm like, we, we need to like, we're losing followers. We're like, um, we're, we're literally just at this point where things are going downwards and we need to have new stuff. And then again, back to my thing about being like the biggest fan of your IG stories and stuff. I was like, <laughs> I told him, I was like, dude, it's Ryan funny. is like, the most genius guy I know in terms of a way to in get terms certain of IG things. stories. Dude, there's just there's something to it. If you fucking know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you just like have some sort of X factor with it. Indescribable, right? Funny, um, Thank you. And then, you know, the second you start actually doing our social media and stuff, what happens? The community starts growing, there's familiarity, you're like bridging gaps in conversation. There's there's an entry point for people to communicate with us where somebody on our side with the account name is responding in kind, you know what I mean? Um, there's moments where you're willing to, in the IG stories, like in between breaks, just say thank you to new supporters or clarifying certain things, or you're reposting different guest stuff that's not content from our channel, but maybe it's like a comedy show that they're going to be performing. Oh, and yeah, you're like, yeah, go yeah. watch this. And that's like nurturing the community and the relationship with all the guests and stuff. And now you're seeing that like as expansive as that goes from IG over to TikTok, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok now and things are going viral. Our YouTube shorts being uploaded and like bringing the subscribership back up to a different level, giving us new breath and life to a space where it makes sense to like run Patreon a different way because you're actively in the Discord communicating with our patrons. Like I think that the community building is truly a revolutionary and, and big change for this JK News structure because straight up, you remember, I remember when we were going out to Vegas, you know what I mean? And it was like when you formally yeah. got down, we were in Bart's gym at his old <laughs> right. house, his old forever home. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we got to make... Forever home three. I remember, I remember asking, I was like, you know, can we can we get Ryan to be a regular because he's just... Yeah, our first like meeting all together. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. fucking good at what he does and the energy is cool. But now seeing like where it's being able to go, like at that time where it was and where the energy was, I remember because, you know, we had just signed up to be like full time, not full time, but like regulars on it. Yeah, and I, I had just signed. Be up dedicated to, be a host, to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, this is this is obviously after you know like Tiff left and stuff like that, and they there was like a host hole that w wasn't being filled. Right, and Steve right. just stepped in because mm -hmm. he was capable, but it's not like he wanted to host everything. Right, and they're having this conversation right here in this office at this table about like not having like a host situation. I was like, uh, hey, I don't mean to be too forward, but I'm. I think I could do this if you need another host. And they're so open, Bart and Joe. They're so adaptive and open. Oh, that's really how smart. that happened. That's really oh. how it happened. And I was like, I was like, I think I could do a pretty good job. They're like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, th I think I could do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I've done sim similar things. And then my first hosting ever, Dante Bosco is the guest. <laughs> that's funny that they keep doing that. It happened to me too. Yeah. So so like, 
Dante's a guest, uh, and we're just fucking, straight into hard mode. Yeah, we're someone straight, you respect. We're right into it, <laughs> and then fucking, uh, I look at the video in the comments, oh. the very very first video of my like my debut hosting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like Anthony's debut hosting it by any means. Oh, they just like cold was like yeah, hey, but I was just is. curious about yeah. it, and like this was also in line with like the time that. You know, uh, and I'm not going to dive too much into it because, uh, again, I'm just going from my third party perspective. But, you know, uh, our, whole, our whole, uh, old host, Tiff, uh, also, like, you know, just left. So a lot of the fans were kind of like split in between the middle. Right. There's a lot of like drama that was like I wasn't very understanding or privy to. Because, yeah, because I had was, nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah. I just become a regular, you know. Right. Um, and I remember thinking like people were just so upset. In the comments, and like oh. that was my first host job. God damn, that's yeah. a rough entry point. Yeah, so like it just felt like <laughs> everything was like this, and I remember telling Bart. Yeah, because you can't point, really win, you know, off and, that. And yeah. you know, and you know, all love to guys like Bart and Joe, but like you know, Bart, he's obviously still building a, a giant empire with like barbell and everything that's going yeah. on. Joe was going, he was deep in the trenches with everything he's doing, getting yeah. Juby Waikiki up uh, and all this stuff. Like they're doing really huge and amazing, phenomenal right. things. That JK News was kind of like. We were in a deep pocket of some sort of lull. We were rebuilding our team from yeah, the inside yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And obviously a lot of fans were upset and leaving. Right. And, you know, I just become a host of this like yeah. dying animal. Yeah. And I remember there was a point. You were was, almost like a human shield in a way. A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. But I do remember this this is a crazy thing. I, I looked at Bart and I I remember just being like, yo, I don't want to be a part of like a dying thing. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't want to submit myself to that. Right. You know, it's like I'd rather be a part of like a. I don't care if it's low and down at the bottom. I just care that it's trying and growing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But like seeing where it's gone, and again, a lot of like credit to you and like what you've been able to do with the community building, and the social media, and just reviving certain things. You know what I mean? In a certain way, just realistically, also just playing by the regular rules of today's exactly. social media. Yeah. But like now, like it's a growing thing, and it's fucking it is, beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. The community and the fans are like amazing. The Discord is fucking fun. You know, people are yeah. just like the the regulars that come in and they're supporting mm-hmm. and like they're submitting articles and like just it's just so fucking cool now. You know, because uh, the Patreon is growing, the subscribership is growing, the followers on TikTok and Instagram are growing, the views are growing. Like all of it is just working, and it's just. It's just way cooler. I think it's harder too to to grow something that's been around so long in a certain degree, like in a way that it's always been. Yeah. And then now it's not that anymore. It's like, yeah, people are justified for going, I don't like this now. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Cause you're so used to this thing. But for the people that like are willing to accept it and they find out it's actually pretty freaking cool. It's like, I love that idea that like, hey, if you stayed around long enough and you kind of caught the drift of it and you enjoyed yourself, that's great. I think that dude who like, kind of um, explained why he didn't like the channel really helped me a lot because rather than like feeling like, oh, we need to silence all these people talking shit, it wasn't that. It was, we need to um, we need to back the people up that are saying good things about us. Mm. And doing that makes them feel like they should fight harder for you. Yeah, because 100%. it's like, hey, like, thank you for saying that you love JK. Thank you for saying that you've watched it for a decade. Thanks for saying that you've been here since uh, Uncle Chin. Like, it's like the people that say that shit, they're really taking a moment out of their lives to be like, I want you to hear this. And when I looked back at the old messages that I like that were never answered on the DMs, 
Yeah. I'm like, dude, there are some freaking really valuable things. And I went through it and was just like, thank you, thank you. Sorry we didn't respond in six years. Like, all these people that were saying all these things that nobody gave a fuck. Like, nobody saw it. That's what I'm like, saying. God like, damn, once, man. Once you connect with the fans and the community, you know what I mean? Like, that's when... It's like the super fans are really the ones that actually support and drive the yeah, foundation yeah, yeah, for it really stuff. Is. It's not just about like, you know, when, when you got like nearly 2 million subscribers, like we don't know 1.8 million of them. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, the 10,000 that are like consistently in like every new thing. If, the, if you drop a shirt, they buy it. If you drop a Patreon, they subscribe. Exactly, if you yeah, yeah, yeah. drop a video, they comment. Like that's what actually keeps the whole thing going. Right. You know what I'm saying? So just nurturing that element, like... I don't know. It's it just there's definitely a magic. There's something about the attitude era. There's something about the careful boys and everything that's happening right now that like I feel like it's brand new. It's growing and it's like fucking fun to be yeah, a part of. Yeah. It is, and it's and the audience is so good. Like when you go to other podcasts or other anything, like does there's very few people that are as like these people are have been in here like ten years deep. Like they're yeah. down. Like they are down. They're not gonna change their mind about you overnight and be like, oh, you're not cool anymore. Yeah, dude, like, people, like, they're grow old, up they're with past this that. channel. Yeah, they're way beyond that. And it's, like, that's way more value. Like, you can't build an audience like that. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like, back in, um, back to my fucking UCLA workshop I was just teaching at. <laughs> yeah. So funny, we had this Q&A. Afterwards, everybody's, like, lining up to take photos and stuff like that. And people were just saying things that they, they just wanted to share with me. Like, yo, dude, like, I've been watching you since I was six. Dude. I'm like, excuse me? Wow. I'm like, wait. Thanks for how aging that possible? me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, how old are you now? 20. I'm like, oh, whoa. Like, that's a thing. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense it does age. make sense. And it's like, that's what something even like JK is. Just the, the idea of even being one of like the first channels to do something yeah. like this. And again, it's easy for us to talk about maybe because we weren't the, the guys who created. So like being able to right. also witness it gives us perspective, you know, but like to see it being one of the first and original kind of like YouTube channel, especially for Asians as well, to have yeah. this kind of yeah, like yeah, forum yeah, yeah. And, and platform for mm -hmm. people to speak and still be alive is I think yeah. that in and of itself <laughs> right. is an anomaly. You it's know what I mean? Insane. And, and that brings be here. <laughs> value in a, in, a, in a different way because now people like you said are able to be like, I grew up watching you. You're the one, yeah. you're the group that gave me you know what I mean? My uh, from my childhood, you guys taught me all this X Y Z. You know, and it's yeah. like that's wild, right? That people can learn from that. I love hearing people say that their humor is shaped by JK in a way that they don't take everything so seriously, dude. And it's not even just like people who like you know are, are like Asian people that are right. It's not limited to just blah blah yeah. blah, right? It's like it's like Philip Chabi was on our po uh, Kendra's podcast yeah. recently, Pack, and um, he was very wholeheartedly expressing how much he fucking loves jk because he's like in today's hypersensitive world yeah it's n not just refreshing it's like needed yeah that a group of people can it's unfiltered balance, yeah. just speak mm -hmm. because it's not like we're fucking scripting jokes and going off of something that's like so innovative <laughs> right <laughs> in all honesty it's a lot of the like the internalized societal regular feelings or thoughts that people have we're just not afraid to speak about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so even when like, you know, homeboy is talking about like, oh, you know, it's, things are like racial and blah, blah, blah. Like I bet, uh, you know, I, I, I beg to ask people in society in general to like, look at that. Our most viral clips on JK oftentimes yeah. have to deal with race. Right, right. It's not because we're racial. We're talking about everything. We're talking about conspiracies to like space to like it's all across animal. The board. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about everything. Mm -hmm. We're not just talking about race. Right. But society is holding on to like those bites the most or, exactly. most or have most comments because it's like 
polarized. And it's something they feel like they can weigh in on. Exactly. So, right. so it's like that's that's maybe some of the things that most people tend to think are the extremities. They, they think the extreme expressions are yeah. the things that characterize what that brand or that, that group of core values is. Right. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think we, uh, JK, is truly like, kind of a group of regular people so to speak i know we're irregular but a group of kind of like normal humans existing mm -hmm. in life on planet earth that are just speaking what normal people might also be thinking or thinking about you know and, and i think that's the power it's not the magic like we're you know presenting brand new news before anybody else hears about it or like we're right giving some sort of perspective <laughs> that nobody that. else thought about <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we're just speaking like regular people we're just choosing to speak about it versus like not you know exactly yeah that's true yeah rather than just stay silent on it the cool thing is i'm glad that they trust us with doing this like bart and joe oh yeah oh i yeah. was like the people i'm like i don't think they should trust us no 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 yeah <laughs> bart, yeah bart and joe, like i said they're there's them being adaptive recognizing like you know how to uh encourage and and enable people's strengths yeah. and momentum like i think there's got to be a reason why this thing is still alive after like over right. a decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. It comes from still like, you know, people that get it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Dope. Damn, we're at two hours already? Nice. I like it. Oh, yeah. Let's wrap let's this wrap up. It. Let's wrap this up. But yeah, I'm uh, in total, I'm glad that we both ended up here, man. Like, it's really cool. I am too. I, I think it was just the other month I was telling Mike, I was like, I'm fucking glad Ryan's on here because as long as I've known <laughs> Ryan, this is like now the closest we get to become. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, we've lived like this for years and years and years. But like for JK, for this to be one of the benefits of it yeah. is like a win to me. I'm like, dude, I finally get to like connect with you at a level that... I've only seen in passing. Yeah. Or I was too shy to go, hey, you want to play video games? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, yeah, yeah it's all, cool. all cheesiness at the forefront. You know what I mean? Like, just you, you, the older you get, the, the less of opportunity you have to like make friends or like yeah. to really connect with people. And you get very, you get very like Dude. protective of your space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, JK give, gives us one, a forum to even bring on guests the fact that there's Hell just yeah. a space to bring on a new personality or a new like networked for, uh, person builds relationships in like a i don't know in an adult play date way and then on the other side of it it's like we as a collective get to just develop our friendships and deepen yeah, our bonds yeah, and yeah. stuff like that and as much time as we spent with the camera button on where we're talking about stuff that's like the same amount of time as when the camera's off and we're talking about random exactly. shit. exactly you know what i mean yeah. so it's like doubled that down and like that's how much we're almost fast forwarding our relationship building because of the amount of time we're putting into it but i don't know it's, it's just fucking cool i'm glad that we're like doing things like this podcast and just like finding new ways to not just express ourselves and, and like have a different kind of purpose in life but like again back to the just connecting with our community yeah is, yeah. is the most i think enriching thing like really right. just like you know you, everybody wants to belong somewhere and have some sort of connection is all you know and yeah and i feel like this is what i also personally get selfishly from jk we just get to connect with people especially i feel like at this time in in the world where like so many things are going wrong for everybody I really like the fact that I can sit in a room and we can openly talk about how badly we're fucking up at things. <laughs> like, it makes me feel better. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> I would probably de- be depressed if I was just thinking Dude, all these things. Yeah, honestly, yeah. But we literally get to bring in the worst topics here, and somehow, except for the ones that we're going to get canceled for, somehow <laughs> we're cracking up about right. everything. And I think that's what people also need. Like in the audience, too, they have their own stories about how things are going so badly, but JK is there, and we can all relish in it together and just. You know, be miserable. Yeah, I mean, if we're all gonna go down, <laughs> hilariously with the ship, miserable. Like, let's just crack up while we're going down. <laughs> yeah, you know might as I mean? well. That's what this whole show is. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for joining us on the first episode of uh, JK Overtime, where we go way over without getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the tagline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please subscribe. Please subscribe. <laughs>